Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Matrix, and Whisperer. Yes, you are. It's uh, It's been a minute or two since the last episode. It uh, is episode five of the preseason, and uh, we're coming to you with the final five-team previews. Looking forward to that one on the SC Brain. As always, joined by Matrix and Whisperer. Uh, Matrix, you've been uh, touted the sweatiest man in podcasting history. Uh, how do you respond? That's how I respond. <laughs> Good. How are you, mate? Look, you well? Oh, mate, it's about 47 degrees right now up here in Queensland. It is hot, but I'm here. And, um, yeah, I think that GoFundMe for a uh, for a $12.50 fan is uh, going off at the moment. Josh, you've offered to buy him one. Not even a full fan, just one of those, like, USB ones that plug in. Like, I, I don't think he deserves a full one, but, yeah, no, the, the men is struggling. The comments have noticed uh, a lot of perspiration coming uh, out it's of the Porsche screens. Yeah, yeah, good, good shine on the camera from uh, from the forehead and the cheeks. How are you, Josh? You well, mate? I'm well, mate. I'm well. It's been been a minute, but um, we're into the. I can't say the home straight, but we've definitely hit hit peak Supercoach preseason. The game's actually yeah. opened now, which is great. Um, I'm sure all of our DMs have dried up now with the when does the game open stuff. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's good to see it's open. You know, we've got ownership percentages now. We've got all the data that we need. So we're going to crack into the position podcasts after but uh yeah as you said five five teams and uh one team of note in today's episode yes one team of note absolutely guys the, the show is brought to you by ryan from astute newstead standard squeeze and bonus bank 
Uh, remember to like and subscribe if you like the content as well. We would appreciate it. Um, you know, you want to get your NRL Supercoach team ready for round one, we can help you with that. Uh, we've got plenty more content coming like Josh just mentioned, so stay tuned on that. And also, if you're listening to us on audio, hit follow and review. Uh, we, we can actually officially launch our Unlimited League as well. The code is 777141. If you want to go and win a Supercoach ring, I'm sure we'll throw some other stuff in there. The weekly top scorer gets a standard squeeze prize pack as well, thanks to the standard squeeze. So jump on in, 777141. For one, the link will be in the description below of this video as well. Uh, guys, today, five teams, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Dragons, and the Mighty Tigers, uh, ready for a resurgence in 2024. I reckon we're going to come 12th. Uh, but we'll Rawr. talk about that soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, dur during the episode, we'll cover the buys of the schedule as well. We'll look at the ins and outs for each team. We'll talk through our cheapies, risers, and fallers for 2024 as well. But before we do that, we should talk about the latest news. It's time for some news from around the league. Josh, kick us off, mate, because the first one's an absolute banger and it's all yours. Absolutely. The news that we've been waiting for. Uh, Kai Pierce-Paul uh, is said to uh, potentially be playing some trial footy. So we had the doubts about his toe, um, keeping him out for the first month or so. But, uh, you know, he, is, he isn't human. Uh, we know just of a, what a cyborg he is. But, yeah, looking to play the trials uh, and deemed a certain starter at some point. Now, uh, let's hope for our sake that, that certain point is round one. But uh, we're definitely going to be seeing a glimpse of Kai Pierce-Paul at some point this season, you know, starting in the in the squad. Um but there's also been a little bit of rumblings, Matrix, about sort of is Pierce Paul going to play on the left or is there going to be some other alternatives? We discussed that when we did the Knights, but there's potentially some more options being thrown up. Yeah, well, um, Tyson Brazell um, could move to play the left edge this season. Um, I'm not going to say it's Frizzell season, but <laughs> it could be Frizzell season. I, I said it was Frizzell season in the chat, and I'm like, is that is that a thing? Can that be a thing? Um, it, it can't be, can it? Josh, like, I mean, uh, we've seen how good Frizzell's been in the past, but, like, there's surely so many better options at a better price point in the 2RF. Oh, there's, there's better options, but, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, draft, it's, it, I think it has ramifications if he does play on the left. Um, we've been talking about Dylan Lucas, Brody Jones, or, or Kai Pierce-Paul, about how valuable they're going to be on the left. And, I mean, Dylan, Dylan Lucas is only, what, 50K cheaper than, than Tyson Frizzell, albeit Lucas does have the center wing duel. Um, but I mean, it could be, I've, I've definitely seen some worse people in people's teams. Um, so it could be, I mean, if he comes out in the, in the trial in week two, uh, and it's just, you know, making you know, bursts for fun, KP hit me well, then look, I've started with worse people in my team before. Mm. Yeah. And look, we, we've talked in the past and we've done the Newcastle pod, so we can't, we don't want to rummage on too much about it, but KP's tendency to love just going left all game. Uh, plays into that left edge back rower's hands, doesn't it? So that I think that's probably why the extra appeal is there. Oh, Speaking I like of, how you use the, I like, I like how you use the term hands. I was going to say, what a segue. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you, speaking of, uh, you know, extra appeal, I guess we could say. Uh, Brad Arthur has said he wants to play his hooker 80 minutes this year. Um, so basically he's come out and said, we're going to have a look through the preseason and look at who's looking good and whoever wins that spot's going to get majority minutes. Matrix, what are your thoughts on this? Are you, uh, is it basically locked in one of your hookers now in either Joey Lasik or Brendan Hands? Yeah, 300 odd K. It'd be pretty hard to overlook them, um, especially with the question marks over like a Braley or somebody like that. Hey, imagine going all the way down. Maybe you start with a 
Parramatta hooker and a and a Braley and just spend all your money elsewhere. That'd give me the money that I need for, you know, Haas and Nico and Dillbags and Turbo it's, and yeah, all those great ones. And it's it's kind of created now the question mark of do I need Harry Grant? Right, Josh? Like, yeah. you know, can you run with two really cheap hookers? I'm sure we've done that more than once in our life. Uh, can we do it in well, NRL Supercoach this year? Well, someone on this podcast has two two cheap hookers at the moment. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to buy into the stock. But, you know, when you when you do look at when, you know, Hodgson went down and, and Arthur, you know, decided to move to hands. Hands went 80, 80, 72, 72, 80, 80. And then Lussie came in. And he averaged, I think, 68 minutes for the season as well. So, look, it's hard to, to believe what Brad Arthur says, but the stats do back it up. And the thing is, I guess, if you think Hands or Lussick is going to get, say, 48, 50 points a game, and you project Grant at, what, 75, I mean, would you rather 25 points or, you know, 500K, 400K? I mean, I'd, I think I could make up the, the difference with the money in hand. So, that's a you know, dilemma to have. Luckily, we're going to have a hooker podcast coming very soon that we'll touch on. Um, about the pros and cons. Um, but we talk about people and their stocks rising. David Doffalumas have fallen. Now, he's been tanned at a termination from the Tigers after his second breach. You thought that, you know, he'd get a slap on the wrist and come back. But it's funny to note that Doffaluma has been dropped to reserve grade pretty much by every coach that we've had since, you know, we were good since like Mick Potter. Uh, I know Ivan dropped him, Madge dropped him, uh, Sheen's dropped him again. Benji's just said, we don't want you. So, I don't know. Like, if you're the Melbourne Storm, he had obviously a good run there. But does Bellamy just say, no, like, I'm good. We've got Coates. We've got Warbrick. You can just get your first plane to England. My my personal opinion is that the Dragons are pulling out of the race for David Norfoluma, which has just been said yesterday that they've said, no, we, we're going to back our young guys. Um, I, I'd say every other team in the comp would probably do the same thing. Would you? Would and that you says agree, a lot because the Dragons have, have this. The Dragons have whiffed on every signing this preseason. So when they have one that falls in their lap <laughs> and they go, you know what? We're actually pretty good, thanks. Yeah, fuck. What a shame. We're going to chat about the Dragons a bit more later, but at least not getting off Aluma. Um, they're going to get a good draft pick again this year. <laughs> um, Ryan Sutton, speaking of good draft picks at the uh, at the Bulldogs, they've got plenty of them. Uh, Ryan Sutton, though, unfortunately, he uh, he's going to undergo surgery. He's going to be out for eight to ten weeks, which means that there's a couple of guys specifically that could get a little bit of a bump in Liam Knight and Samuel Hughes, who has been touted to be training the house down, um, as as Gus always does. He he jumped on the um, Preston train and, and said that Preston was the, the standout last year. Look at how that worked out. Samuel Hughes is his guy this year. So Liam Knight and Hughes, they're, they're both in my team at the moment. Matty, are they in yours? Um, yes. Yes, they have made their way in. Just like from one of those – oh, well, Hughes is. Just from one of those 400-odd K guys, just what I could do with the extra 100K um, made it worth it. Yep. Um, TPJ to the Broncos. I won't ask you, Matty, Josh, like, are, the, are there any implications here? I mean, he just becomes that bench guy again. Fuck. Like what, how do you feel about it? Yeah, it's, it's odd. Cause I, I don't think he's going to be signing until the mid season. Um, yeah. but you know, with, with, with this cloud hanging over with the fact that Fletcher Baker has had that groin injury in the preseason, like it just reaffirms that I probably can't go near him at all. Um, but this is a, a huge win for the Bulldogs, surely. They, they just get off the contract and they just yep. see him go elsewhere. Like, I think it does raise some um, some pretty weird murky waters. I'm of the belief is that if you have three years left on the deal and you pull the retirement card and you come back, you've got to wait three years. Um, it's funny because in his press conference, he said he doesn't want to be bossed around by halfbacks, by coaches. He does what he wants to do on his own time. 
and six months later, you know, maybe sparring didn't go too well for him and he's back training. So, I mean, yeah, look, TPJ in his prime is amazing. If we can get TPJ back to somewhat of his best and cool, that'd be a nice little mid-season pickup, especially over Origin when Carrigan, Haas and the likes are, are off to Origin. But um, yeah, oh, and one thing we didn't know in the in the run sheet as well, whilst we talk about Broncos news, Adam Reynolds had that severe um, ankle roll sprain. So uh, definitely one to monitor as, as well there that could be... Uh, have some ramifications. I think on the on the Reynolds, I, I saw that something from NRL physio said it was a foot injury or something instead of an ankle, um, which which means it wasn't as bad. So supposedly from NRL yeah. physio, so we'll we'll back him in, which is good. Um, last one, Maddie, before we jump into the Panthers, is Nick Meany now has been said to be locked into left centre, so they they're kind of embracing that. Um, does this now open the door for someone else? Uh, considering we've got Justin Olam, obviously he's gone to the Tigers now, so they've lost that that left centre. I mean, he's gone there, but does that mean that maybe Suafal Longo could be maybe uh, an option? Or yeah, look, I'd I'd like to see him get the spot, but it's just something that I'm just going to wait and see probably till the first TLT. Honestly, I don't know what Bellamy's doing. He's stubborn. He's really stubborn. Um, so yeah, it's just as likely that we see Fal Longo play through the, um, through the origin period again until somebody's off contract and they just let him go. Um, I'm just not getting too excited about it because of the nature of Craig Bellamy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Fair call. Can't argue with that. Um, guys, we'll jump into the Panthers, but before we do, don't forget to join the Discord. If you haven't yet, the link is in the description below. We're talking heaps of Supercoach and fantasy sport as well across multiple sports, and, and we're starting to fill some NRL Supercoach leagues as well, some cash leagues. Um, so jump in there, and uh, you can enter those leagues through the Discord as well. So, guys, let's talk Panthers. Oh, yeah. The consensus team. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. The consensus team. We just started that one. It's uh, it's a one-way one way race for the hooker position at the moment, but... Um, how much money would you have put on the bread and hands? It'd be probably the second most popular option in the consensus team. Uh, if you asked me a few, if you asked me two weeks ago, I'd have been like, "Fuck, no chance." But yeah, obviously, with everything that's going on at the moment, it's a, it's a decent bench pick now. Um, funnily enough, out of I think the thirty or forty votes we've had on that consensus team so far, Jaden Braley has one of them. Well, I thought there'd be way more votes for him. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. But um, I think the yeah, talk of Barry Tui. I think the talk of Barry yeah. Tui this week, I, I guess we, we didn't we didn't mention this in the, in the news yet either, but Barry Tui, obviously very in the know with the night stuff, um, expects a pretty hefty timeshare between Crosland and Braley as well. Um, so I know we touched on the night's last podcast, but yeah, definitely worth noting that there's now some official talk from night's higher-ups that there's going to be a significant timeshare. Worth noting as well, I did a little poll on Twitter about if Braley played 55 minutes, would you buy him or fade him? And it was pretty much split half and half between yes and no. So it seems like boys, 55 minutes is sort of that cutoff where people are comfortable because he doesn't have the greatest PPM historically. Um, mm. But yeah, I guess overall cons- consensus team's booming. So get in the Discord. That's it. Here Apparently I'm the only guy that voted Sam Verrills, which I'm a bit disappointed <laughs> that he just didn't get more love. Um, look, sometimes <laughs> I like like a, like a I don't like to get too spicy with my own team, but then I'm like the community team. Come on, let's. What if Sam Verrills has a ripper season? And yeah, I'm the only. Is that person, what the one so... vote for Lawson Coco was? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was me as well. Well, you're allowed two. Yeah, you are allowed two. As many as you want. Yeah, you usually pick two good ones though, not just two kind oh. of mid-range plotters. Ugh. Anyway, jeez. 
We'll leave that. We'll leave that for the Hooker podcast. I know Josh is doing some work on that at the moment in the background for notes. So that, that'll be coming out very soon. But let's talk relevance in, in terms of Panthers because, I mean, it's the Penrith Panthers back-to-back. Uh, they're going for the, the trifecta this year. They, I mean, to be fair, though, they don't really have an easy run of it at the start of the season, Josh, do they? They've got a couple of pretty tough matchups into their bye. Yeah, Melbourne away. Uh, Paramount at home, which will be no um, easy you know, <laughs> matchup in, in, in the West there. You've got Cronulla. Oh, sorry, you've got the Broncos. You've got uh, the Roosters, and you've got Manly, then a bye. It does open up after that with the Tigers, Cowboys, and Souths, and then the Bulldogs again. But yeah, a little tricky five-week period. Worth noting as well, uh, I think it's eight days between when they play in the UK and then when they come over to Australia to play that first game with Melbourne at home, which then bodes the question, do we start with Cleary? Do you just save the trade and do it early on? Do you, you know, look for some other alternatives? Uh, I guess we can we can chat about that. But they've had a couple of new arrivals. They've had, you know, back-to-back-to-back premiership winning sides and they're continually turning it over. Um, first one, Paul Alamotti, obviously, you know, hugely hyped um, last year for the Bulldogs. Didn't materialize. That Bulldogs side wasn't fantastic. But he's coming in at 414K, most likely going to be bench, bench depth. But, um, yeah, do you think that he can, you know, fulfill that potential under Ivan Cleary, uh, Matt? I hope so. It's just about whether he gets the opportunity. He's one of those guys that have a look at him. He's an absolute unit. Um, If he does get, you know, that center spot at certain times throughout the year, I think that he's somebody that you can run for that, for that amount of money. Um, I'll be really excited to watch him play um, if he does get a run, but there's just that question mark over if he gets a run. Yeah, and and with you, you got uh, you know, Taylor May coming back into the fold this year as well. So you know they're not going to really drop Taruva. I think they've said that they're going to move Taylor May to centre. Uh, Taruva's going to stay out on the wing. So it, it's it's hard to see where he does come in unless he plays in the back row, which I know is a conversation that could have potentially happened as well. Like you mentioned, Matty is a big boy. So um, these guys are just so, so stacked, though. It's going to be really hard for him to make his way in unless there's an injury. Um, Dane Laurie as a ex-Tiger, comes back home to Penrith. 515k, a bit steep for me, so probably not a look. But it honestly, with, with the way that when players leave Tigers, they seem to play their best football. So uh, Dane Laurie being home, uh, back in his comfortable environment, back where he wanted to be, uh, he could have a big season if we see an injury. You know, hopefully we don't, but maybe if Luai goes down again or something, he might get a crack at 5'8". Um, through the middle of the season when Cleary's out, they could move Luai to halfback and, and Laurie comes into 5'8". So you just don't know how that's going to play out. But quality player in his own right, Josh. I think we'll be having a chat in 365 days about Laurie being an option for Supercoach next year. Um, but this year, going to be a bench sign. Oh, not, not about like a depth signing. Um, but definitely can see him filling up that sixth role next year when Luai does departs. Uh, next person on the on the list is Riley Price coming over from the Cowboys. Another one of these guys that's probably just going to be a bit of a, of a depth signing. He showed um, some flashes at the Cowboys last year. I think it's a really nice pickup. They churn out, you know, these unknown middle forwards that turn into to gold. I mean, um, someone like, uh, goodness, I'm trying to think of the uh, Lindsay Smith. He, he comes to mind, you know, a guy that just no one knew about and then played 40 minutes a game last year and was absolutely unreal. So um, Price could be that guy in a couple of years' time, um, as could Brad Schneider be as well. Now, he's a great pickup from the the Raiders. I think I was really impressed with what I saw from Schneider as a as a footy player when he was asked to, to do a job for the Raiders. I know that he was a super coach, bit of a phenom for about six weeks there uh, at one point when uh, Fogarty went down. But yeah, I think another great pickup. Then New South Wales Cup sides obviously stacked with talent as well. 
I think it's just these smart pickups in these guys that are maybe fringe players for other clubs that, you know, Brano, as you said before, they just turn into you know, quality first grade players in this Penrith system. So they're the new arrivals. Well, mm. these guys do always play origin. Like when we're talking about the Panthers, like there's nothing really to say that Luai, like Cleary's going to get picked, um, but there's nothing to say that Luai doesn't get picked again this year. Um, and then, yeah, we might see a bit of a Schneider and Laurie, like obviously, and we'll cover it in the outs. Like with Cogger going, um, yeah, they needed a, a Schneider to step in. So, yeah, and Cogger did a great job last year, didn't he? Filling in, so um, they'll they'll miss him. Speaking of, he's gone to a better contract. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to him, um, Stephen Crichton. Obviously, big talking point. He's over at the doggies, and and uh, there was a we missed it in the news, but the, he's carrying a bit of an injury, lower limb injury as well at the moment. But there's no, no risk of missing round one, but could just disturb the preparation uh, of Crichton at the Bulldogs, and we don't know where he's going to play yet. So, um, yeah, that, that hurts them a little bit. Zach Hosking coming over from the milk. I reckon this is a great signing. Uh, or lose, great signing for Raiders, not so much for the, for the Panthers. But um, he, uh, we talked about them. I think it, we talked about them maybe like a day before that news came out. So I think that's a good pickup for them. And then they've obviously lost Tom Jenkins to the Knights. Spencer Lenu goes to the Sydney Roosters. I'm sure we'll be talking about him very soon as well. And the Jamin Salmon over to the Bulldogs. Um no injuries and suspensions, which is great. So we can move through that. But cheapy prospects, there are, a, a, I guess, a few, but none I'd really start with. Um, I, I didn't want to really talk too much about the PTSD of Sonny Luke, but I think we probably need to talk about him because uh, there's, a, there's a few people starting with Sonny Luke, Josh, and uh, they should not, and you should explain why. I don't even think he's the second best option at the Panthers anymore. I think Somerville has come in and um, sort of taken that as best as possible. I know that we now do have... Uh, ownerships, which I've got on my second screen here. There's 1.9% of teams that have Sonny Luke in them, and that's 1.9% of teams too many. Him and Franklin Pele will go down in infamy as the only two cash gals to lose money. Um, so so props to them. That that was fantastic. Unfortunately, Kudos. yeah, I think some wires got crossed. Yeah, I think some wires got crossed with preseason reporting that there was, you know, going to be 60-minute roll there uh, with Mitch Kenny playing a little bit through the middle, but um, never really materialized. And yeah, Ivan Cleary ended up just opting to go for Somerville. So I think that's going to be more of the same this year, unfortunately, for Sonny Luke. And uh, I know for anyone out there that plays Dynasty uh, Draft that maybe, you know, overreached and took Sonny Luke with the premise that he's going to potentially fulfill, I don't think it's going to happen. So he's not a guy I'm looking at. But as you said, Brona, I'm not really looking at any of these guys. I mean, Jesse McLean, he, he, he had a bit of a flash in the pan last year when uh, I think it was Toto went down. And there was this like debate between McLean and Taruva, and uh, obviously Taruva got the job and, and has now made that his own, um, but probably not worth talking about. But the cult hero, Maverick Geyer, we saw him kill it in trials last year, Brano. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think this is just another sort of year of progression for, uh, for Maverick that maybe finds his fold into the 17 at some point during the season? Yeah, they're just so stacked. Like I said at the start, I think it's going to be really hard to break into this 17. Um, but Maverick Guy, like all the talk has been, this guy's a jet. Um, and you're right, he did show us last year in the trials that he... I mean, everybody got really excited last trials and go, fuck, this guy's going to play some NRL footy this year. And he did, but um, no super coach relevance last year. But basement price, 204K. Not a guy you start with, but a guy you pick up if it looks like maybe there's an injury that could provide some minutes for him. So um, the talent is there for sure. 13, but 13% of teams currently own Maverick Guy. Which Ooh, I think is high. Interesting. I think there's better better options, um, mm-hmm. but I do want to talk about um, you know one of the better options is Liam Henry. Now we mentioned before Lindsay Smith came in, you know, developed really well, ended up picking up a 40 minute bench role last year. I know that Ivan doesn't play 
Um, Fisher Harris, all the odds are for big minutes. Liotta only played 40 minutes a game last year. Fisher Harris played 48. Um, their edges play about 65 ish. Liam Martin's not a, an 80 minute guy, and Scott Sorensen, you know, does fluctuate with his minutes a little bit. So Smith was great. Lenu's left. So now you would expect Henry slots into that Lenu role as first man off the bench. And that leaves room for Liam Henry. Um, currently owned by 6.8% of teams. I am one of them. Um, I think he could p- pick up a 25, 30-minute roll off the bench. Uh, you know, 250K, good PPM. Probably could punch you out, you know, 10, 15 points of value in a position that doesn't have a huge amount. So I think he's someone to monitor during the preseason as well, boys. I know he wasn't on the run sheet originally, but I just wanted to chuck his hat uh, into the ring because he's a guy that I've got my eye on too, just filling out that uh, front row forward slot in my team. And... Maddie, the front row forward bench depth, really, there's no clear-cut option, is there? Like, I've got Xavier Willison and Samuel Hughes at the moment, and but you can easily throw probably five to ten, or a blanket over five to ten of these kind of 250 guys at front row forward. Yeah, the guys I've got is actually Sam Hughes and Liam Henry. So, um, fantastic. Place but, I yeah, that was, I, uh, what was that? I said, a man of taste I can see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I had to, um, I was downgrading having a bit of a play. Just, I had massive FOMO when it came to Payne Haas and I needed to find like, you know, I just had to find 100K and yeah, Fletcher Baker to a Henry um, seemed like, especially with some of this chat, I know like TPJ might not be coming back until like June or whatever, but maybe Fletcher Baker is not the hit out of the park that we thought he was going to be. The injury puts some question marks up for sure for Fletcher mm. Baker. Um, let's move on to the big fallers. I mean, there's only really one that stands out. Penrith are just a, such a well-oiled unit that you, most of the prices are pretty consistent from what we're going to see. But Tyrone Peachy at 581K, there's no way in the world that he has the role this year uh, unless injury uh, strikes Penrith again. He's just no, There's no relevance there. So definitely don't start with him. 0.3% owned is 0.3% too many people that have Tyrone Peachy. Um, let's talk value, though, unless we've uh, – any other big fallers, uh, Josh, that I've missed? No, nah, I think that's one of those teams that, that have the same 13, 14 players every year. We just know what they are. There's no one that's going to stand out. No one that's going to flop too hard. Yeah. But there is one person that will stand out. Obviously, returning back from a season-long injury – and 36% of teams agree. A hefty ownership for Talon May, boys. Now, it's not... Mm. We can look at the previous stats and say, oh, well, he averaged 64.2, you know, when he had his first full season in the NRL. There is probably a little bit of an asterisk there next to it. That was playing on the left wing, now moving over to the right center. Uh, but we did see Stephen Crichton have success at times. He's someone that can go huge. And, and Talon May is a great footy player. will obviously improve as he gets on. Mm. Priced at what? A 45 I think he could punch out, you know, 50. I don't expect him to get to the heights of 64 at center, but I think 57, 58, and that's over 10 points of value for me, boys. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a no-brainer. I think he's a really good option. Sub 500K, you, you can't you can't complain about that. What are your thoughts? I mean, I actually think there's a chance he might start at left center and they move Isaac Tungo over to the right. That, that seemed to work really well at the back end of last year. What are your thoughts on that, Josh? Yeah, that's it's an interesting one because you, you know Tungo had such success on the left when he was required to be there, um, but also played well on the right. Um, obviously, it's locked into place that Taruv will be the left wing and uh, Toto will be the right wing. That's not moving, but then it's a case of of does Tungo and, and May swap around because Tungo had such success over the last twenty four months at left centre, uh, and May's just yeah. coming back into the fold. And maybe Ivan doesn't want to mix that up. 
But in saying that, obviously May played fantastically on the left when he was asked to two years ago as well. So I'm not too fussed either way. Um, I know that, you know, it's a similar price to Crichton and he had hot, hot and cold spells, but May's base is just so far superior to Crichton's. Um, I'm going to be picking him regardless. Um, but if he does yeah. play on the right and you were looking at Toto, just save the 300k and go to go to May. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, let's play some over-unders. Uh, you, I mean, in terms of value, it's really, it's it's tough because everyone's priced at their kind of near their peak aside from Taylor May, who's come back out from injury and he's got an injury reduction in price. Um, is there any other value out there before we move to the over-under to finish up the Panthers um, that, I, that I've that i missed or anyone you're looking at? I mean, I, I must admit I was looking at Scott Sorensen a little bit, but he's 670K. The the role when he gets 80 minutes is is phenomenal, um, but it, it's just hard to pick a 2RF with so much value around that price point when Cam Murray's 50K cheaper, Matty. So what, is, there, is there any love there? What I find when I look at the Panthers is – I don't expect too much to change. Like even some of the ins and outs, you could just see these guys filling the roles of the previous successor and you could go, Hey, I think they're just going to average that. So they've got that consistency. So I find them a really good team to target in draft. Um, But in classic, I'm going to look for somebody that I think is going to get me 10 points of improvement. I think I'll finish the season with a lot of Panthers, um, but outside of maybe tail and may and a cheapie, I don't consider the Panthers a team to really look too hard at at Classic. But when it comes to draft, and that's what I really like about overs and unders um, because that's what I sort of target. Like, Lou, I could be the best draft player over over and out. Everybody hates him. Nobody drafts him. Nobody ever gets him in Classic because he gets the same every year. Like, Yep, fair enough. Let's, uh, speaking of over-under then, let's move on. Uh, you know, Nathan Cleary is a, a guy that people are talking about. Do I start with Nathan Cleary? Do I fade him because he's so expensive? Can I have Nico and Cleary to start the season? The question marks that Josh brought up at the start of the season were very centered around the club challenge, uh, the, well, the super club challenge or the UK um, <laughs> game that they've got over there eight days before the season starts. So that that is, there is a lot of relevance there in terms of travel. Does he go over under 89, boys, um, for the season? Because that's what he's priced on at this point. I think overs for the season. For the first five rounds, though, massively unders um, for me. So I'm going to go overs for the season. Remember, he had the game where he was sent off, which was a minus 20. He had the game where he scored like two points with the hamstring when he was done after five minutes. Um, so mm-hmm. he's, we're getting a bit of a discount for the season. Um, but I think for the first five weeks, unders season-wise, overs. Ooh. So yeah, I think, I think overs. I think he can do it. So does that mean, okay, so you're both saying overs for the season, but do you agree with Josh, Matty, that he goes unders to start the season into their buy? Yeah, it's so rough. And, like, you know that he's going to be there for origin. Um, when you go with Nico, like, there's still so many question marks. He might never get picked for origin ever again. Like, um, Cleary's younger than Nico. Like, honestly, Nico might never get picked for origin. And Do we all agree that? We all agree that Nico's a must-have just off the bat. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then the question becomes, do you pair him with Cleary when you know he's going to underperform for the first five weeks? The only dilemma that I'm facing, boys, is all three of us think Dylan Brown is an absolute must-have, like he's locked mm-hmm. in. Then do you want to run Brown and Moses? Because that feels kind of eh. And then otherwise, mm-hmm. what other halfback is there? Like that's the, the thing. And halfback for me is not a position I want to be f- around with and not having a, a playable option. I, I want to yeah. have a reserve tag on a, on a five eighth. 
And apart from Moses, there's no other standout guns that I really want to be targeting. But then you have to drop down to someone like a Caesar who we'll, you know, we'll talk about today. So it's a case of do you just swallow your pride and know that you're going to lose money on Cleary and people that don't buy him to start with will eventually catch up? Mm. Or do you just bank that? I mean, hell, like we're talking about Cleary like he's a bum, but he's still going to probably average 83, 84 for the first five weeks. And that's yeah. under what he's priced at, but it's still phenomenal. My hardest and thing the- is like when you've got Caesar or somebody like that of that ilk, it's so fucking like it's such a distance to get a Caesar to a Cleary. Like you're gonna what? Yeah. What are you downgrading a hundred k for six weeks to get Cleary? Like oh, heck, it might it's be worth like, it. But that's that's my problem. I know that we don't love Jaden Campbell, but to be fair to him, he's what four hundred eighty k. He has three or four good weeks, and then he's straight away to a monster who's maybe fallen. Where a Caesar, he's gonna have to go gangbusters for maybe five or six weeks to get to that you know 500k price jump so there's the, the big dilemma so i can understand not dropping down too much and if you are going to drop down to say a caesar you've got to have the the capital and no one likes to, to sit there with 400k in their in their remaining funds for the first five weeks it's just not in our human nature yeah. um but to go back to your point i think with the discount that we got with the with the sending off the discount that we got with the um the hamstring injury i'm going to take the overs for the season yeah. cool. and look if you fade him and it works for you, fucking good on you. You know, that, that's an incredibly good play. But I tell you what, you're going to be looking at Panthers games through the cracks in your fingers for six. I don't necessarily want to do that. Um, I just lo- I just want to lock him in and keep him for the season, to be honest. So um, I'm happy to pay up. Um, guys, Isaac Tungo, a little bit of conversation around him. I actually don't mind him as an option this year, but he's a little bit priced out for me. But 68 over or under, what are we, what are we thinking for him? Down, down for Josh. Unders. I just think that's down for both. Too much. Okay. Yep. What, is, what do you think, Brayno? Yeah, let, let me what know. About what Jerome... Sorry. What do you think? I unders? think I still think unders. I still think unders, but I don't think it's going to be by as much as people think. Um, the guy's work rate is his work rate's elite. He tackle busts like a beast. Like he's a good line runner. Um, I mean, it's it's. Just depends for me. If he's on the right-hand side, he's playing on Cleary's side. I mean, Stephen Crichton, we saw how much attention he got and how much ball he got. A nice early ball as well last year. So if he can play on the right side, one, he's playing inside one of the best wingers in the competition in Brian Toll. So that's an advantage for him. Um, but yeah, the work rate's there. I don't mind it. I think he probably goes at around a 63 to 5. I don't think he probably tops 70 though. Uh, Jerome Luai, 58 boys. What are we thinking for Jerome Luai? Does he have a bit of a bounce back season? Because I mean, for the caliber of player we consider him to be, maybe 58 would seem like maybe unders. Yeah. The what problem think, with Luai is the 58's not a consistent 58. It's six weeks of 85 and then six weeks of, of 20. And that's the mm-hmm. the thing. I, I remember two years ago, uh, maybe 2021, I think for the first like seven weeks, he was averaging 75. And then I, I jumped on. And then from there, he just, he did nothing. It was the Reed Marty syndrome from last year. So I think 58 is pretty much there or thereabouts. Um, I probably will just say slightly unders just because he's, you know, coming back from a, from surgery. And I think maybe three or four games might be affected, but it's not going to be a huge amount. But I think 58 will be sort of the sticking point. It's I'll say unders just to give an answer. Um, but you know, yep. it might be a case of like fifty-seven point seven, so pretty much bang on. Um, but for Sonny Luke, we had him, we had him at twenty-six. Someone just edited two point six. I think that could be uh, could be too high. Well, yeah, like I just t- twenty-six sounded a bit crazy, but like two point six, he might get that. Mm. Twenty-six yes. might be his what? very high points forever. 
Oh, fuck him. We all remember game one that he played last year where he got 50 on, in like 18 minutes or whatever it was. So that was the ultimate NRL super coach catfish, I think. Um, yeah, 26, oh, I'm going to say. I'm going to say overs, but he's not going to get more than 30. I'll take unders on 26. There we go. Yeah. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Only, if, only affects the 0.3%. Or the, do you say 8% of people had Sonny Luke at the moment, Josh? Yeah, it, hang on, hang on. It was it was something ridiculous. It was that's cool. Sunny Luke, what one point nine percent, which I think oh, is ridiculously okay. high. Yeah, that's still insane. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, we normally do questions on the Panthers. We don't have any, but we do have one that's relevant to uh, the Cleary situation and whether you fade him and a good replacement for Cleary. And that that team will come up very soon. So we'll cover that. Um, but guys, before we move on to the Dragons, the show is brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently by measuring the perfect pour every single time. And you can go to their website, thestandardsqueeze.com. Use the code INSIGHT15 and get yourself 15% off everything in store. So thanks to the Standard Squeeze for supporting the show. Maddie's gone for a beer break, um, as he does at nearly every single sponsor call. So uh, we're back into the Dragons. And uh, Matt, Maddie, you're, uh, you did these notes. You did a bit of a deep dive on the Dragons. And you uh, it's fair to say you weren't really impressed. We've stitched you up a little bit this, this offseason so far. We've given you all the shitty teams to research. Yeah, so I actually um, I actually did the notes. So I just said the Dragons suck, and then I put a line through them. So, um, yeah, we can just roll through if you want. Yeah, we're, we are definitely losing our fan base very quickly here in the preseason. Well, we uh, did last year. We did last year anyway. Um, that is, that's but, true. Um, that's look, true. Let's, uh, look, they don't have a bad start to the year, actually, playing the Titans and the Dolphins. Um, Sharks and Manly become a bit harder a little bit further on. But they do have buys, um, 11, 16, and 20. Um, they've got some new arrivals. They have um, – had a few changes. They are trying a few things, which I love that for St. George. Uh, Corey Allen, who's injured. Um, Tom Eisenhuth from the Melbourne Storm. Um, Kyle Flanagan, um, the saviour. He's going to come and save them from the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Jesse Marshkey. Um, yeah, he's from 2024. Um, Tom <laughs> Selle, <laughs> South Sydney Rabbitohs. And uh, Cyrus Stanley Trail. Um, and in the outs, uh, they've lost Billy Burns, who I actually really liked Billy Burns last year. Um, mm. Jaden Hunt, Josh Kerr, Alex Lobb, uh, Moses and Bai, uh, Tauto Moga retired. Um, Zane Musgrove went over to Warrington. Jaden Sullivan went to the Tigers, and Aaron Woods went to Manly. Um, the one here that stands out for me, Tauto Moga, by the way, had a fucking awesome end to his career, didn't he? Um, so yeah. it was good to see him go out on a high. Uh, Alex Lobb, Josh, he's, he's gone to the Tigers and I've seen him in your center wing at some point. I know your team changes daily, but is he still there? Uh, yeah, as a, as a placeholder for now, but yeah, he was New South Wales cup player of the year last year. Um, he's big, he's a big rangy winger can goal kick really well. Um, yeah, big loss for the Dragons. I think he would have you know done well if he stuck around. Um, but Benji seems to love him and, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll touch on him more so in the Tigers podcast, but, um, yeah, someone that's had a really promising New South Wales, New South Wales Cup career last season. Um, so, yeah, really really keen to see what he can do for the Tigers this year. For sure. Um, you mentioned the Corey Allen injury, Josh, not not overly super coach relevant, so we can move through that. No suspensions, luckily, for the Dragons. Sorry, they need sorry, all the players on the puck. Queensland, Queensland Premiership, uh, Queensland Origin winner Corey Allen. Put some respect yeah, on sorry. the name. Okay. Uh, I better see him in your team than in a couple of weeks' time when we do our <laughs> next team reveal. 
<laughs> um, best cheapy prospects. Uh, I know that we had a conversation, Maddie, off air, um, and we were kind of struggling, I guess, maybe to look, just purely off the back of the fact that the Dragons had a bit of a questionable season last year. They were pretty poor. But Kyle Flanagan, 310K, you, you don't mind his chances this year of, of being an option. It's just that he's in that 5'8 kind of halfback position that you do need to go pretty heavy on guns in, the, in that position. I think so, but I think if you were going cheap, he's going to exceed 310K uh, maybe through the first seven or eight weeks. I just I can't see him making much more than 100K or something like that. I think at his peak, he's a 450K player, and that's what yeah. Kyle Flanagan is. Yep. The saviour, though. Fingers crossed. Good luck to him. Uh, any other cheapies, Josh, that we can see at the Dragons here? I mean, is it is it more of a case of... We're fading these guys because we don't see the team performing. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, I think it says a lot about the, the public's perception of of the Dragons when, I mean, Viliami for feeder is owned by 28% of teams, but that's just purely because he's dual and bottom dollar. Um, but the next most purchase player is Carl Flanagan at 6.9%, and that's the most owned player in a team. So I think that says a lot just about their stocks, and hopefully the Dragons can improve, but... If we look at like their their absolute guns, I'm only really looking at probably Zach Lomax, and that's if he plays fullback. Yep. Um, he's a guy that you love to pick up sort of mid, mid-year when everyone's at origin and he just goes on runs. Um, but apart from that, I mean, maybe Matrix's favorite front row forward, Harm Sele. Like, maybe apart from that. Like, there's no one else really I'm, I'm looking at. Just scrolling down this list, I mean, there was talk that Ryan Couchman was potentially playing some edge this year, but it looks like he's not. Um so, yeah, I think we spent a fair bit of time on the Panthers. We can probably skip through the Dragons. I mean, it is worth noting um, with some of their value guys that Jack DeBellin's price at a 57, take out the, the last game of the year where he played 41 minutes in the first two games when he came back off the bench, he averaged like 62. So there's yep. potentially five points there for JDB, who's a nice, you know, dual front row forward, but there's probably better options in that price bracket. Um yeah, we, we spoke about Harm Salah at 423k. If he starts there, he's competing with guys like Terrell May, um, Tom Flegler, and for that 400k price, that's probably about it. Um, and yep. yeah, I guess, I guess Dan Russell, we saw some flashes of him last year that, you know, yeah. playing in the back row, he's available at center wing. But a lot of these Dragons guys, I think with Shane Flanagan there, it's it's you have to sort of throw the preconceived notion out the window and just see what happens in trials and teamless Tuesday. But for the Dragons, unfortunately for their fans, uh, I'm not buying stock into anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree on that. Um, anything to add on Harm Sele, um, Matrix? What, is he someone you're looking at potentially or just a little bit too expensive? Not really now that I'm looking to load up on on a pain house. Maybe if I was looking to go a couple of mid-ranges, he might have got a run. In my first iteration of my team, as we as we did a reveal, he was there. Because um, I actually probably think that he does get that front row forward starting spot. Um, mm. But then again, like, what is he tops? A 500k player? Like, you know, I want to hit got- it out of the park. I don't, I don't want plotters. So, yeah. And also, you've got the Molo brothers on the bench as well. We know they're going to get a run. Um, you, Dan Russell, if he gets a starting edge roll, great. But you've also got Jaden Sewer. Um, we don't know fucking where Jack Bird's at. God knows what's happening with his body or, or whatever. So he could be anywhere. He could be at lock. They move JDB to prop. Fuck knows. There, there's so many moving parts here that I think you just don't want to touch any of them personally. Um, you've got some over, over-unders for us there, mate. Like- and we can move into them, yeah? 
Sorry, Josh. Go. Sorry, but the, yeah, we, Dragons. It's it's not like we just hate the players. Like if there was someone there that had an eco value or an eco potential, yeah, we'd we'd jump on them. But like Carl Flanagan, as we said, is the only person. And the problem with Carl Flanagan is he's eighty k more than K a weeks, um, and he's yeah, what a hundred k cheaper than he's a hundred k cheaper than than Jaden Campbell, who I just I'd rather just pay the money for. So yeah, I think yep, he's so. just a case of his position being loaded with other talent. Can, Good call. Can I say that the slander of Jaden Campbell in the last chat? You're like, I know we don't love Jaden Campbell. I've got Jaden Campbell in my team, so wash your mouth out. Uh, Sorry, I thought, I thought all three. But, uh, just, I thought all three just had the pitchforks out for him in the Titans preview. Uh, yeah, we did. It's very funny how things change so quickly. Yeah. Um, um, overs and unders. Ben Hunt, fifty nine. Who cares? Oh, look. Do, I, I, I was exactly. I was just about to say. Does it even matter? We we all play draft. If you're in the fifth round and he's there, are, are we yeah, saying are we saying dragons fifth. halfback? Are we saying dragons halfback Ben Hunt or Broncos hooker Ben Hunt when he eventually spits a dummy by round twelve? Queensland hooker Ben Hunt, Australian Broncos hooker, hooker by, by round twelve. Yeah, Australian hooker <laughs> as well. Yes, um, yeah, unders yep. just because I have. Oh, actually, no, I'll take the uh, the unders just because Carl Flanagan probably has a little bit more responsibility than someone like Tal Talmon. So I take the unders. Slight unders. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the overs on Benny Hunt fifty nine purely because I feel like if the Dragons are not gonna get relegated to New South Wales Cup, Ben Hunt needs to score sixty five super coach points a game as a bare minimum. Um yep. he's the and you've also got Kyle Flanagan and yes, like we expect him to be good and contribute, but it's, he's still a young halfback or young five eight. So Ben Hunt's gonna need to carry the load in this team. He's gonna need to do much more than he's done in previous seasons, I think. So I'll back him overs. I think Kyle might do a bit more of the, and they've said it, a bit more of the organizing, which allows Ben Hunt to be Ben Hunt a little bit more. Um, he's a, you know, he can be quite a devastating runner, um, can get out there and have a, have a bit of a chop. But yeah, if he's first receiver trying to organize everybody, um, I think that's when he's at his worst. Um, Jack DeBellin, 55. Overs. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm loading the overs. I'm going to remortgage my house and bet the overs on this. As I said, and that's what he's probably get the games so. he started. Yeah, we'll take take out the games he was on the bench and uh, and the last game of the season where he unexpectedly played like forty minutes. He was putting out like sixty two points a game. I, did, yeah. I think we forget Jack Devellin was just like was actually viable. Uh, sixty three, seventy one, ninety one, eighty four, sixty four was like a five week run where him and I feel like him and Corey Horsburgh were just the guys that everyone had in their front row forward. Like it was just Horsburgh and, yep. and Devellin. Um, I'm gonna take the overs just because he's he's it for them really. Like there's no other punch in that, in that forward pack. But so. when he finds himself on the bench at times, like what's to say that he just doesn't go through a period like that again? That's all. That was, that was probably, they're gonna, he's they're got gonna his have own off-field off issues. Yeah, he does. But they're going to have to play him 65 plus at lock. Who's going to shift to lock? Um, Jack Bird. You know, are you going to rely on Jack Bird again this season? No, you're not because the bloke can barely stay on the park. So, Jack DeBellin, minutes wise, I think he's a. I think he's locked in for at least sixty minutes, and the guy runs at probably what point nine to one ppm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see that as a problem. Fifty five heaps unders. Next right. one's interesting. Last though. one, Sloan, fifty three. Is that what he's priced oh. at? I haven't looked. Yes, so you have his break even was fifty three. Oh, Average score last year was fifty three point one. And he went on a run. Didn't he had a high score year? of ninety and a lower score of fourteen. Mm. What's the Dragons' draw look like? Did we talk about that much at the start? Yeah, oh, yeah they got a nice good. little start. Gets kind of tough through the middle, though, right? Sharks, Manly, Knights. 
And then they've got the Tigers, which is a decent matchup. And then they've got the Warriors, Roosters, Sharks, Souths before they're by. So, yeah. I'll take, I'll take the overs with a big asterisk that he has to start at fullback. Um, if he doesn't, yeah. then obviously oh, I'll, I'll hammer the unders. But it's a, it's a huge a huge caveat with him and his, and his role with the team. Hopefully Shane Flanagan puts a firecracker up his ass and, and, he, and he plays to the level that we know he can. Um, but yeah, I'm finding it hard to be motivated for, for the Dragons, boys. <laughs> that's, I reckon yeah, we, that's the Dragons. Fuck. We don't want to throw too much slander, boys, but we've got one question on the Dragons from from Dragons2010 in the Discord. So no no question there as to why he's asking us whether Zach Lomax is a potential pod to start the season. Um, Josh, you mentioned that there might be a little bit of interest there if he starts at fullback. But otherwise, yeah, you'd be I fading hard. I can't... I can't diss Matrix for having random Dragons players in his very first draft team because I also had Zach Lomax in my center wing at 640k on the proviso that he plays fullback. Uh, good goal kicker at his time, you know, destructive ball runner. I c- probably can't get behind him at center. Like the draw, if the draw was like the, the, the Dolphins draw, then I probably, you know, could. Um, but if he's lining, lining up at fullback, then I'll shift some funds around and, and move a certain Lebanese Bulldogs winger that I have in my team at the moment to Lomax. But apart from that, um, yeah, probably just let it go through to the keeper and hopefully he drops in price and we can pick him up for his you know, nice little run post-buy. I am very heavily leaning towards that certain Lebanese Bulldogs um, winger as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Hazard's him when we get back. to the center wing. What's that? Has Hazard, has Hazard returned? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. No, no. I'd, I'd, fuck, imagine if he started goal kicking. Woo! Straight on oh. the team. Um. Guys, we'll move on to the Rabbitohs, but before we do, the show is brought to you by Ryan from Astute Newstead. With interest rates booming across the country, uh, I'm sure you've probably wondered whether your rates, your current rates are too high if you're a homeowner uh, or whether you can maybe afford the next home and you don't have to worry anymore. You can contact Ryan, who offers confidential lending assistance, absolutely no obligations attached, and you can contact him on Instagram. It's not Ryan Astute Newstead, and I didn't update the notes, but it is Hammond's Home Finance. And uh, you can mention us for a free consult. Just let him know that the boys at Insight sent you. Boys, Rabbitohs. A little bit of relevance with the Rabbitohs. Um, bit of a tough draw to start, though, again, which is why we probably haven't seen too many of these guys in in a lot of the, the starting teams. But they've got a 7, 13, and 17 buy. Um, so that round 7, I mean, even up to round 9, this... The, the fixtures here look pretty fucking brutal, Josh, to, to start, don't they? It's it's pretty hard to lean into too many of these guys, especially the outside backs. Boys, are we going to sit here in round eight preview and say, shit, is, is it time to jump on Alex Johnston? Because that draw gets yeah, juicy yeah. from round eight. Absolutely juicy. Latrell Mitchell's calling my name. But beforehand, yes, Manly, Broncos, Roosters, Bulldogs at home. Latrell could score 300 there. Warriors yeah. at home, Sharks at home. Bye. Melbourne away, Panthers at home. So it's a pretty rough trot for the first, what, eight weeks of the season there. Sorry, nine weeks of the season, if you include the buy. They have one good game that we'll target in round four. But apart from that, not ideal. In saying that, they do have a buy in round 13, but cover round 16, round 19, which is handy for your non-origin guys. Some new arrivals, though. Sean Cappy from Manly. And the big headline signing of the offseason, Jack Whiten from the Raiders, who has backflipped and will say he's going to play Origin this year, potentially? Mm, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I think this could change three or four times leading up to it. Um, he did retire from uh, that that level of footy, rep footy. Um, but, yeah, who knows? We've seen people backflip on retirement a fair few and times. And TPJ's a boxer, so. <laughs> I thought you were having a dig at me there for a sec. <laughs> 
No, no, that's where I was leading, but Maddie, yeah, went a different direction, which I'm fine to lean into too. I, I, I was going to say that's a that's a that's a me. I, I was going to say me and Jack White and me, Jack White and TBJ, uh, <laughs> three, three famously good on their word. Um, yeah, yeah, and boys, John Farnham. Sean Kepi, I think he's a he's a nice pickup. I think he's a he's a seven out of ten footballer who most teams need in that middle. Their middle, you know, did struggle at times last year, getting a little bit decimated. You've got basically Murray, Tavita Tola, and whatever Burgess is still left. I can't remember which one's still left, but they're sort of the only three. Dave Moali struggled at times. Shaq Mitchell, great story, probably not at that first grade continual level. He's playing big minutes every week. So I think Sean Kepi, yes, he's not exciting. But I think he offers something for for most NRL teams. No, I don't hate that at all. Um, shout out to Ryan Hammond, who we just gave a big shout out um, to very early for sponsoring the show. Ryan is a is an avid Supercoach player, and uh, funnily enough, he owned Sean Kepi all year last year. He uh, was very tempted to captain Sean Kepi, uh, the the Kep Goat, as he called him. So shout out to Ryan. Um, I don't think he's going to do what he did last year at, at Manly, but uh, yeah, that's tough. And uh, thanks for the note, Matty. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to pass on all of your work issues right now. We'll talk about them afterwards. <laughs> Who's gone? Who's gone, Matty, from the from the Rabbits? Because um, no, not really anybody of note for the Rabbitohs, but a couple of good signings for other clubs. Yeah, look, their their depth was probably too good. Um, they had a lot of guys that couldn't get a run um, that were really good. Blake Taft stands out for me as somebody that I've always considered starter caliber, um, but hasn't quite got there. Um, always really handy through the Origin period. Um, and the fact that Luttrell at times has struggled to be on the park. But, yeah, he's he's off to the Bulldogs. Um, Harm Saleh, as we spoke about, um, should get a run at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Liam Knight, as we spoke about, should get a run at the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. And even Jed Cartwright, as we spoke about, should get a bit of a run at the, uh, at the Newcastle Knights. All really good players. Um, but, yeah, probably not good enough to crack into this um, – you know, this South team that should be pretty good again. So, Yeah, you'd like to think they compete for sure. Um, on the injury and suspension front, we've got Ty Munro as well. He's in a moon boot at the moment. He has an ankle injury. Uh, the word at the moment is he's going to miss trials, but he should be ready for round one. I would say maybe that he's tracking well. Um, that's that's about all we know about Ty Munro at the moment. But um, yeah, in that first one of this episode where... Yeah. 52 minutes in, that's the first tracking well of the episode. That's it. I'm sure there's fucking more to come. Um, guys, the suspensions. We've got Jack Byton, uh, three-match suspension for for biting last year. Um, so that was he, – he challenged that, didn't he? That was originally a two-match suspension, but uh, he challenged it and failed it. So uh, got that upgraded to three games. So he misses the start of the season, unfortunately, for the Rabbitohs. Now, cheapy prospects. We're obviously preface this by saying we're looking at players 350K and under at the moment. And, look, the only one that really stands out for me is Talis Duncan. Now, the question mark becomes, does he start off the bench or does he start on an edge? And, and Josh, you've got good word. Potentially, he could be starting on an edge this season. Don't throw me under the bus. I'm just, I'm just picking up what other people are putting it. down. I, I'm, I'm, if he starts, obviously, people are, people are comparing him to Cam Murray. I'm just, He's a lock. I'm, yeah. wor- I'm just worried that, that Demetrio just runs with Jai Arrow. At, mm-hmm. to, to start the season. Like, it's just going to be Keon Komatangi, Jai Arrow, and then Cam Murray in the back. It is worth noting, yep. though, that, um, that Demetrio has mentioned about Cam Murray uh, playing more footy this year and, and getting a rest on the edge rather than on mm-hmm. the bench. 
we saw how destructive Cam Murray can be moving to the edge for Australia, um, which you know would obviously open up a spot for Duncan to come in and play through the middle when he's required to. So uh, I think he's someone to, to monitor. I think he might be just a preseason hype job at the moment. Uh, people yeah. seeing that he's owned by as many people. Like if you open the app, if you're if you're a very, if you're a casual player, if you haven't listened to any podcasts or looked at any content through the preseason, you open up your team, you see a guy that's 300k that's owned by 30 percent of the game, you, you chuck him in. Um, yeah, I know that there's a couple of pages and and big personalities in the space that are pushing him to start. I'm hesitant to to say that from round one. I think he will start by round 27. I'm just worried that Demetrio just runs with with KK. Uh, Jairo and uh, and Murray at thirteen, but definitely one for the black book. I think you're spot on. I, I can't see a world at the moment where they start without Jairo in the on an edge. Um, he plays in the middle and on an edge. He's so versatile. So I think I think they probably start with him. But yeah, you're right. I'm I'm on on board with that. Uh, th- that's kind of the only cheapie for the Rabbitohs. Big fallers though. Big five points of regression here. It's hard to find them. Uh, for me, I, I'm kind of looking through this this team, and I really don't see anybody taking a big hit. But when we look at the draw to start the season, it's pretty tough. And we know that Cody Walker is, is a guy that's absolute rocks and diamonds, if ever there has been one. Uh, he had a, a much more consistent season last year, funnily enough. But uh, I think we're probably with the draw to start. Cody Walker could drop some cash. And like you mentioned, Josh, their, their draw firms up beautifully around that round 10 Dragons, Cowboys, Para. Um, so he could be a really nice pickup in round 10, boys. What do you think, Matty? Uh, Cody Walker... Definitely a fade to start. Yeah, definitely a fade to start with that draw. The guy I'm going to be looking at, and of course, you know, the guy I'm thinking is going to drop a lot of cash, and Josh mentioned Alex Johnston. I think Keon Kolomitangi could drop a lot of cash, and then round nine, um, we're all adding Keon Kolomitangi at 520k. Um, which is something that I've sort of earmarked. It's something that I'm looking looking forward to. And, uh, yeah, I just think with that draw, I just can't see him scoring really well. And then I can't see him getting picked in origin, uh, which has burnt me before. But, yeah, I think <laughs> Keon could be the guy that I'm going to uh, that I'm gonna target there a bit later on. So a big fall to start the year. I think even – I think everybody will have a bit of a fall with this draw. Um, but – yeah, Keon's going to be the one that I'm targeting, I think. Any other fallers, Josh, on your end? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The entire team for the first eight weeks, the entire back line, as we said, I think they're going to average very much the same, but it's going to be a case of Cody Walker averaging 42 for the first eight weeks and averaging 86 
for like the the period that they they, they go on a run. So him, yeah. Trell, I mean Trell's gonna be a tough one to pick with Origin. Um, but yeah, Cody definitely is gonna be there thereabouts. Um, AJ, we always have to own AJ because he goes in these spurts of a month of footy where he averages 106. So yeah. he's gonna be there. I mean, Munro, if he is injured and he comes back a little bit slow, uh, we saw how good he could be, you know, in, in, in spurts last year. Campbell Graham, you know, ever so consistent. These kind of guys that we hope that have a bit of regression to start the season. Uh, that we can pick up on a bit of a discount. But moving into the value, guys, there's a couple. Uh, we mentioned Ty uh, Munro, uh, 483K, currently 6.8% owned. Um, yeah, he's a guy that I'm looking at after round eight, and I'll preface that. A lot of these outside backs I'm not really keen on for the first you know, two months, as we've discussed. Their draw is, is pretty horrendous. Um, any love for Munro, boys? Are you happy to move into the next guy who I'm actually pretty keen on? Yeah, let's let's move straight into him. Tamina Tatola, 435K, 2.3% owned. I think that's too low for the situation that the Way front row forward class, class find themselves in. Uh, injury plagued last season, as you mentioned uh, in the notes here. Has a, roughly a 1 ppm kind of guy. And, you know, with with how versatile these locks and, and edges are for for the uh, for the Rabbitohs, I think Demetrio is going to look towards Tatola to play, you know, up to 50 minutes a game. We've seen that at times mm-hmm. in his career. Uh, and yeah, he played eight games last season, boys, over 50 minutes and average 51. So um, price is about a 43. There's about eight points of value there, which is not the not the 10 points we like to see. But front row forward, I think you have to look at it totally different. I think front row forward, if you can get a guy to hold firm, make a little bit of cash, but, but most importantly, hold firm. Um, picking a Liam Knight is great in theory until he falls out of form and, and goes to the bench because he's 300K. Yeah. There's a lot more to lose there. And Totola, who's 430k, we seen that he can pump out 50s. Yes, it's not huge value, but the most important thing for him is he is going to be rock solid. And then you can look at building around him to get to your pain Haas. You can find your 200k elsewhere to get from Totola to Haas. Yeah, I think Tavita Totola is the perfect front row forward too this year to start the season. Um, you just mentioned you've got a lot of guys around that sub 300k or that awkward 300k price point. I mean, uh, if you ask me, Haas and Totola in the front row, you can definitely, uh, I don't know whether you're going to have a better combo, but if you're not looking at starting with Payne Haas, Matty, like you, you could easily go with Totola and, and a couple of other options that we've talked about so far through this preseason. As front row forward, there's minimal upside, isn't there, in that position? Yeah, I'm suddenly s- sitting with Haas and Max King. Um, just sat there and and spent up, um, but my bench is lacking. Um, but yeah, in a perfect world, if I need to save some money, it would be somebody like Totola or the or the next gentleman we're going to talk about, which maybe has a bit more attacking upside due to the fact that plays second row forward, but is going to be getting that front row forward duel this year. Yeah, Jai Arrow. 466k, very similar owned to Tavita Totola, actually 2.4% owned. And, and for me, like, it's, I don't know whether I love the dry arrow pick. It just all comes down to the minutes that he's going to get. Um, if we look through last year, he played, he, his minutes were all over the place. I'm going to try and f- search him right now, a little bit underprepared on him. But like, when we, when we look at his minutes, like sometimes he played 80 minutes, then he'd go and play 60, then he'd play 32. And I think it all came down to Totola. Uh, did, correct me if I'm wrong here. He got injured three or four times mid-game, didn't he? And it threw the whole Rabbitohs forward rotation out the window, Josh. So maybe that affected Arrow's consistent minutes over the season? Yeah. I, I, I was very anti-Arrow when he moved to to South 
what was it, four years ago. I think people were expecting that Titans output, and I just didn't see it. Um, but he's he's found his role, I think, and, and he's a very serviceable guy that is reliable, that, that JD can rely on. Supercoach-wise, yes, those minutes do fluctuate because he is a guy that JD is happy to play for big minutes when he has to. But I think that's a case coming down to Shaq Mitchell, Dave Mawali just not being that first-grade standard that we talked about at the start of the show. But with Mawali getting another year older, another year bigger and stronger, and the acquisition of Sean Kepi, I do... I don't see the minutes for Arrow in the middle that he once played. Um, obviously, injuries happen and he, and he will probably pick them up. But for me, Arrow, I think he is at value to undervalued for me personally, but I can see the appeal for that duel. He's another guy like Totola who is just rock solid, a guy that won't let you down, but probably won't uh, boost you through the rankings. He's a, he's a very, very good placeholder for a couple of weeks. I, I, I think, So I did. I looked sorry. at his... Sorry, Josh. I, I looked at his minutes... Uh, it went 20, 60, 70, 40, 60, 50, 70, 20, 60, 50, 20, 50, 30. So like yeah. all over the shop. How, how can you rely on that from a super coach perspective? You just can't. No, I, was, I was going to say with the tough draw, the forwards might be the ones to, to, to go at here uh, because someone like Cam Murray, for example, if, the, if it's a big forward battle, Demetri will probably just keep his main guys in. And yes, it's going to hinder the backs, but it could be your your gem for the forwards here if it's a close battle between two good sides. So that's just something to worth note as well. But yeah, sure. uh, Brano, match, uh, Arrow's minutes. If he played 60, sure, 100%. But like you just said, mate, it's, it's from peaks and diamonds. And you'll go from 70 to 21 week with, with no uh, explanation. Mm. Um, anybody watching right now and, and wants to quickly hop on eBay and buy Matrix a little desktop fan? Um, please do oh, so. Oh, Men's sweating mate, over here. A little bit. Jesus. Drug <laughs> uh, it. That's all right. It's covered. <laughs> um, right. Boys, unless there's any other value out there, we've kind of talked about why we're off a few of these guys. And there's a couple of guys here that are very relevant, and we've got questions about them as well. So the three big dogs at, at Souths in the over-under this time around, we've got Latrell Mitchell, firstly. Um, you know, we, we know that Latrell's kind of faded in and out of games. Uh, he comes in and he does this kind of effort for 20 minutes of a game and he'll score you 110 points. Um, but otherwise then you kind of see him. He's not really that guy that loves to the, the sweep plays. He's not following through. He's not a good support player at fullback, um, but he's just so fucking good. So we've got a question here after the over under 77 is what he's priced at boys. What do we reckon over for the season? Or are we going unders Josh over? Remember he yeah, had that I weird. Still think over. He yeah, had that okay. weird hamstring issue where he was blaming the, the South's physio. He was never fully fit. The two years beforehand, boys, 85-82. So the, yep. the Trell Mitchell fit is, is unbelievable. And I'm a huge Trell guy. Uh, I think 77 is just a reflection of the the weird injury that he had last year. So I'm going to smash the overs on that one. Like it. Um, but obviously off the back of the fact, we think that he's probably a fade and hopefully drops a little bit of cash early on with the tougher draw. Um, but we know that Latrell fucking steps up against good teams and doesn't give a shit against bad teams. So there, there's a question mark there that maybe he could be perfect to start with. Hey, in saying that with Trell, he had 75% of his games last year over 60 points. So he was a very, very consistent runner, even against the good sides like Penrith. He scored a 62 against the Chooks. He scored a 66. He loves playing the Chooks against Melbourne. He scored a 67. Uh, I guess Penrith, he scored 102 and against the Broncos in 96. So he can definitely put those mm-hmm. good sides to bed. But I remember that game, at, uh, yeah, sorry, Braino, uh, round 11 versus the Tigers. We had that game won. Latrell mm-hmm. was on about 10 points after about 75 minutes, and he ended up on 91. Yep. I think he had two involvements very late in the game, and that's what Trell can do. Uh, yep. He is a stressful watch, but there is no fullback more destructive than him when he wants to be, and I'm going to take the over 77. 
And a good like, let's not forget, Souths are a good team. They're not a bad team. They've got a lot of experience across the park. They've got good forward pack. They've got good outside backs. They're, they're not a bad team at all. So, um, and and when you can get a guy like Latrell that also kicks goals, mind you, um, you know, if the Souths put up points, he's going to score I'm well. Very it's as simple as that. Well. Yeah, a very yeah, good absolutely. Well. Out, not, not just a outside of super coach. Outside of Supercoach, you know what South Sydney need? A halfback like Adam Reynolds. I reckon they'd really excel if they had a halfback like Adam Reynolds. I just think I just think he could take them to the next level. Mm. From Broncos supporter, the Supercoach <laughs> Matrix. Cam Murray, 62, boys. Are we smashing the overs on Cam Murray this year? You had a bit of a down year in comparison, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm buying all, I'm buying all the Cam Murray stock that I can. The relevance there for you, and you mentioned it at the start of the show or through the show, was that Cam Murray could be switching to an edge this year as well as playing through the middle. And if we can get him more on the park, more more point, more minutes equal more points, as simple as that for Cam Murray. He's too good to be doing nothing. So I like it. Um, the one that I'm oh, not as overly keen on is Damian Cook. Now, he's 65. He's priced on at the moment. Um, bit of an awkward price. If you're going to pay up for someone, you're going to just pay up for Harry Grant being an extra what? 90k, I think the price difference is. Um, but he's at 65, so what do we think? He's Poor man's Jeremy Marshall King. <laughs> I think the re signing of Pete Mamazulius is going to be big. I think Pete Mamazulius will play a lot of 14 this year. Um, mm-hmm. And Cookie's not getting any younger as well. Uh, I think Demetrio might use him in spurts this year. Not spurts, but you know, five minutes here, the side of half time, just get Mamazulius on there and just try and tear havoc. Yep. And Cookie, yeah, he's, he is declining, and I'm, I'm, not keen on Cook, not even in draft. I think he might be overdrafted a bit, a little bit in the in draft format as well. For sure. Um, and and look, it's Harry Grant or the tenth round for a hooker in draft. Um, we'll do a draft show a bit closer. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're spot on. Uh, we've got one question for the Rabbits, and it's centered around Latrell Mitchell. And should uh, the Bartler fan club? He wants to know, even with the Rabbitohs' tough draws, Latrell a buy? Th- have we covered anything else there? Is there anything else to say on Latrell Mitchell and? Is there is there a case that you just start with him and lock him in? I can see the no. appeal because we just said you know a ninety two against the Broncos, hundred against uh, Penrith, you know, uh, eighty seven against Melbourne. Like he he can perform against the good sides, but I just want to see South gel. You know, there's going to be no Whiten for three weeks, yep. and then you want to see how that combination develops because the last thing you want to do is buy Latrell to start with, get him for three weeks with no Whiten. Whiten comes back and it's just clunky as fuck on the left-hand side for the, for four weeks mm. until they find their feet. So me personally, I'm pretty keen just to watch how that left develops, which is not going to be until yep. round four. And then if you give yourself a month, that's round eight. And I think a month's a good time to, to look at the boys. And then by round eight, you know exactly what you're getting with Trell and you're getting that golden draw. Can't argue with that. The problem for me is that Latrell isn't turbo or KP at the moment. Like, I would just rather go with Turbo or KP. I am more scared not to own Turbo or KP than I am Latrell. And I love Latrell. He's He's been phenomenal. I've had him at times. But with this draw, um, yeah, as you said, they might be sorting out a couple clunks at the moment. Um, look, imagine a downgrade from Turbo to Latrell and banking yourself two or 300K. That's the dream I want to live in in round 10. Yeah. So it's uh, probably a watch this space, I guess, on Latrell to start the season with so many tough matchups. But yeah, yeah look, if you if you want to if you want a pod and a fucking good pod at that, then there's not many uh, better picks out oh, there. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's it's not like you send us your team with Latrell and we go, 
oh, what the fuck is that? Ill. No, no, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, not. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a, he's, a, he's a good pick. I just think with the with the factor of Whiten and the, you just give yourself more time to have a look at how South gel and then buy in the sure. good run. But just buy in the good yeah. run. What's his ownership? His ownership. That is a great question. His ownership. Nine point eight percent. Smart man. That's a pod. That is a. Imagine yeah. getting Latrell that's Mitchell a, at sub ten percent ownership. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just adjusting my team. <laughs> yeah, we saw the live turbo trade in. I think after episode fuck. one, wasn't it, Josh? And and now we're going to see the live Latrell trade in. Fuck, fuck that metric guy. Most I don't believe a word he said. <laughs> He's, Sorry, currently He's currently the 10th most owned fullback. Um, and that does have guys like... That's got guys like K.O. Weeks and Jaden Campbell in there who are being picked out of position so far longer as well. But still, Latrell mm-hmm. to be outside the top five in pure fullbacks, yeah, good pod yeah. play. Wild. Boys, uh, Bonus Bank. Thanks for Bonus Bank for supporting the show. They're Australia's number one matched betting site. You can go to bonusbank.com.au. Use the code INSIGHT to get 25% off your first month of their premium subscription. You can start making some tax-free and some risk-free money today with all of their tutorials. Um, so hit up bonusbank.com.au. The Roosters are the second last team on the slate here. Um, and when I say bad draws, I mean, fuck, that there aren't really many harder matchups for the Roosters to start the season. Um, they've got the Broncos, the Panthers, the Knights, the Melbourne Storm, the Broncos again, and the Warriors in their first 10 rounds. Um, that's probably one of the hardest schedules I think I've seen so far, Josh. Sharks away, Canberra away after that as well, which are easy fixtures. They've got two good games in the first 12 weeks. This is this is as rough yeah, as it gets, good. especially if you look at some of these outside backs. Um, buys in 14, 19, and 23. So only one major buy there that it'll affect the, uh, or that will be a bonus. So it kind of hurts them a little bit, the round 14 and 23 buy with the origin guys, especially guys like Tedesco. Um, but Maddie, do you want to take us through the new arrivals and the and the outs for the Roosters? Yeah. Um, look, Spencer Lenu's coming to town. Um, everyone's excited about that. Lewis Murphy, Ethan Roberts, Blake Steep, Xavier Vaya, uh, Alex Young, and Dom Young uh, from the Newcastle Knights. Um, the outs are Corey Allen, Fletcher Baker, Thomas Deacon, Eli Elzakem, uh, Tuku How. Tapua uh, from the Cronulla Sharks, Drew Hutchison, uh, Vuat. This was a stitch up from Brain. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Um, Hey, Matt Lodge. Try again, please. No, 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 no. no. We're not not skipping past that. Try again. Vuate Kara Walevu was released. Matthew Lodge can say that one. Paul Momorowski can say that one. Jackson Paulo uh, went over to Manly. And Jake Turpin, um, another utility for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Mate. Mate, there is, the there is a lot. Up. There is a lot of, like, quality outs here with not a lot of coming in. Uh, Brainer, you missed probably the best moment of the podcast. When you go back and edit this, have a, have a listen to Matrix reading out Vuate. Uh, uh, that was that was classic. But basically, like they've got Lenu and Dom Young in. They've lost Corey Allen, Fletcher Baker, Drew Hutchinson, Matt Lodge, Momorowski, Jackson Polo, Jack Turpin. Like it's yes, they're not quality. I mean, amazing first grade players, but they are still names. And the Roosters have struggled with injuries over the last couple of years. So it's they, they've lost a lot of depth for two like for two good quality signings. 
in, I mean, in saying that though, boys, like the fuck, the Roosters forward pack is deep, very, very deep. I reckon oh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it could be the best forward pack in the competition in terms of depth. Yeah, but 100%. we heard how good they were last year. They were dog shit. Like the Roosters were, were shit last year. I they hate also ravaged yeah, by injury. You've got you had Angus Crichton who who was mentally not well. You had Sua Wong who was not first grade ready yet. You had Statili Tupanua who was out for like what half the season with an ACL. Um, you had Egan Butcher who just probably wasn't ready for first grade at the time. You've got him and Wong with another year under their belt. Crichton's back. He's he, you know looking at his Instagram, he is ripping, ready to go. Um, and yeah, you've got Tupanua who's you know now established back, ready to, ready to go in the in the first grade. So. Their forward pack is is really good. You've got Terrell May, who was you know we'll, we'll talk on Jared where Hardgraves does his job well. Lindsay Collins was one of the best footy players last year in, in a rep sense. Um, you've got Connor Watson, who's now a year back from his you know major injury. Yes, I can I can, I can let Victor Radley through to the keeper. I don't understand the the Radley hype, um, but apart from that, man, like there's some some really good footy players, and then obviously they get Len you through the door as well. And also, we haven't mentioned, but Brandon Smith has had a full year at, at the Roosters under his belt now. Like, he hasn't come over from a storm in a different system. It took him a while, obviously, last year to, to kind of get into his role. And obviously, playing full-time hooker um, was a bit of a challenge for him to start as well. But he's got a year under his belt. I think he'll be better for that this year. And he came good at the back end of last year as well, Josh, didn't he? I think Cheese is the kind of guy who won't play his best footy if he's the main guy. I think he needs someone chomping on his heels, and he get what he gets Watson back. And it's no surprise that yeah, he was playing good footy last year when the Roosters started to get people back through the door. Um, I know we're not an NRL fantasy podcast, but Cheese is in my fantasy fantasy side. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, I think the Ford pack for the Roosters is really really good. Yes, we say this every year, but I think there was a huge asterisk last year, and I'm actually really keen to to dissect them this episode for sure. Is Chase 300k yet? <laughs> I wish. Not quite. Not quite. Otherwise, he'd be in probably about 60% of teams, I reckon. Um, no injuries, luckily, for the Roosters, but suspensions, uh, boys. Jared Warrior Hargraves, he's out. Well, he's copped a six-match suspension. Uh, but funnily enough, likely to be available for round one in Vegas due to the – there's a loophole. Um, so they're, they're looking into counting international matches for New Zealand in the Pacific Championship. So that wiped three games off his suspension. Um, I don't know whether I want to dive into the politics of whether we agree with that or not, but I, I'm not sure whether there's too much relevance there either because you could just get trapped into another front row forward that then JWH comes straight back in and makes them irrelevant. If you get suspended from NRL games, they are to be served in NRL seasons. If you get suspended, you can go play for you can go play for Queensland, you can go play for New Zealand, you can go play for the Cook Islands. I don't care. But if you're suspended playing for the NRL, you must serve those games for NRL games, not preseason trials, not preseason club challenges. It's frustrating. I'm with you. I agree. Let's talk yeah, cheapies. Uh, Spencer Lenu probably. The only sub three hundred and fifty guy that I'm I'm looking at personally, three thirty two k's twenty percent owned. But I mean, how do we really think he's going to play more minutes at the Roosters than he's going to play that he played at the Panthers? Like, how does this play out, Josh? So, so uh, my favorite uh, journalist of all time, Dean Bulldog Ritchie, sat down with Trent Robertson uh, a couple weeks ago and was chatting about Spencer Lane. You were chatting about the Roosters this year, and Bulldog asked. Trent Robinson, how are you going to use um, Spencer Lenu this year? And basically, the long story short is they want to use him the same way the Panthers did, as a very explosive, quick-impact, high-energy guy. And to me, that just screams, he is what he is. 
and I'm not yep. touching him at all. I can't. Completely agree. I think you mentioned throughout the show that it was the people that don't really pay too much attention through preseason or people that haven't opened the app too much and they just open it up, they filter it, they've got Supercoach Plus, they filter it by ownership and they just whack a few of these blokes in. And I think 20% owned for Lenu, that'll change very close to TLT as well when people see that he's on the bench. Uh, Matty? I mean, is there anybody else cheapy wise that is so deep at um, in the forwards? You know, they've got JWH, Collins, Butcher, both Butcher brothers. They've got Wong, Radley, Tupanua, May, and Crichton. Like Terrell May is another guy, but he's just not in that cheapy range. We'll talk about him soon. Anybody else? It's just so many mouths to feed, though. Like the way that you're you're mentioning it, like there can only be so many dogs that can eat like i would love to add a Crichton or a tupanua or even a sewer wong but i just can't find any pathway that one of these guys is gonna be an 80 minute super impact guy i think if Crichton's right and that's a big asterisk and mm-hmm. i don't want to get you know, too deep into into mental health or anything. But I wanted to add Crichton last year, way over Cam Murray's, anyone else like that. Um, he was coming off that Australian series and he was phenomenal. Um, if we can get a little bit of that, Crichton's probably the guy at 409K that you want to own. Yep. He's Stephen in the, Cr- the value Stephen picks. Crichton. Angus Crichton is currently 6.9% owned. If he is named to start, that will be that will be forty one, forty two, because it's, it's the name recognition, the fact that of, of the of the pedigree. Let's um let's let's talk on the forward pack boys because obviously the the big rotation is the edge. Now, I think we can rule Matt Butcher out in the starting conversation yep. because I think he provides so much value through the middle for for Trent Robinson. Yep. So then it's really, and I probably can also rule out Egan Butcher just based on performance. So really, yep. it's three three holes into two pegs. So it's Wong, it's Crichton, it's Tupanua. Crichton and Tupanua can I, both play through the middle. We saw that last year. What do you think, yep. Brano? I think Wong is locked in on right edge, and I think Crichton has left edge and Tupanua off the bench. I think that's the way that it plays out. Um, Tupanua was decent off the bench last year when he came back, and obviously his minutes were managed, but... Can you really not? I mean, Sewell Wong, how fucking good was he last year, man? That guy's such a serious talent. The guy finds a try line like no one else either. He's fucking awesome. And he played right edge last year as well. So he's got that really good cohesion with um with Luke Keary. Do you change that? Like, no. I, I reckon and we he's, saw Angus he's in my team at the moment. Well. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, we saw we saw Angus at his best on the left when Tupanil was on the right. And what you've already said yep. there is Wong was so good on the right that he has that spot locked up. Do you then move Tupanua to the left? Do you just put Crichton there if he no. if he is ripping and tearing? Because he looks trim as fuck in the preseason. He said on yep. Instagram he is so clear, he's ready to go. The question then becomes, if we rate Wong so highly and we think Crichton's a must-have if he starts, do you run both? I mean, hey, why not? You could. I mean, I actually see the Roosters improving severely this year. I think they're actually going to be uh, – I reckon they're going to be a top-four side. And there's one more guy I want to talk about, and I won't ruin it just yet, but he is in the value picks, and he is a guy you could potentially look at. We've got a question about him um, in the halfback category that I think is worth talking about. But, mate, Crichton, pedigree. Sewell Wong, up-and-coming, one of the best edge, row, edge, edge back rowers in the competition, I reckon, at, for his age. So I don't – I don't have a problem with starting with both personally. Matty, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I'm not sure I could start with both. Um, at the price, there's an argument for it. But, like, you just wonder if you're going to get value going both on the same team. Like, you just want to get the the side that they go to the most on the Bulldogs and the side that they go to the most on the on the Roosters. And whether you've started with Sua Wong and you're swapping to Angus Crichton in round three um, because you got it wrong, I don't think that you own both. That's my answer. The counter to that is they are both at such a price where there is so many fucking options that if you run both, one of them flops you're not scrambling to find a replacement. Like I have both in my team right now. Um, I don't have a Josh Curran. I don't have a Talos Duncan. I don't have a Bo Thermal. There's three guys there that if Wong flops or Crichton flops, or fuck, if even both flop, there's three, four. Kick out is another one. Like there's so many guys here that we can just move to. Mm. And you'd fucking hate yourself if you've got like Wong and no Crichton. And Wong comes out and puts up 70. Crichton comes out and puts up 70. And then you're like, well, shit, now I need both when you could have just started yep. with them in the first place. It's what's the, the, the age old, age old saying is it, it, it's costs you one trade to fix a mistake. It costs you two trades to bring in and fix a mistake. So if you bring in Crichton and he sucks, or like, for example, like you, you don't start with Crichton. He scores 70 round one. You bring him in. He sucks. You have to trade him out. Whereas if you just start with him, there's so many other options to downgrade too. I think that's the key point that I'm looking at. It is just there's the pool of players to choose from. If it doesn't go well, it's not like it's not like if you're picking Liam Knight and he sucks, then what the fuck do you do? Like there's so many people yeah. to RF to pick from. And also, I Maddie, there's clear relevance around price change, right? You've got three weeks to have a look as well. So at worst case, yeah. you can transfer across to one of the guys that's doing the best that you missed. And we're not going to get them all right, just- are we, to start the season? And we did just talk about the worst draw in the world. Like, I would prefer a Bo Firma and a Sean Bloor over an Angus Crichton and a Sewell Wong, I think. Uh, okay. I mean, we talked about the Melbourne Storm have probably the second worst draw in the world. So does yeah. the same kind of thing apply for Sean Bloor? It, um, yeah. Could do. I think he's underpriced where he's at. Like, these guys played for this team last year. And the Roosters were what they are. I, I also don't think teams are going to be defensive juggernauts to start the season. Like people aren't going to be fully fit. Like let's remember that. Yep. And, and also, I mean, when we look at the start of the season, we often see the guys in the middle doing a lot more work to start the season. Um, you know, so, and most of the time then as the season goes on, balls expand, like the playing style expands to, you know, and the centers and the wings and the edges get involved a little bit more. So there is some relevance there, but boys, Terrell may, I want to talk about because he's 430 K he's 14% at the moment. And the bloke could score 1.5 PPM. And I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Um, Is he, he's been in and out of my side to start the season, Josh, is he a guy that you're potentially looking at, or maybe is he a little bit outpriced at front row? 1.63. 1. 1.07, 1.25, 1.49, 1.3, 2.12, 1.27. They were his PPMs at like the back seven weeks of the season. Had a five-round average of 60. Sorry, had a five-round average of, of three-round average of 63 last year. Played big minutes. Um, played, what, 40, 34, 51 minutes at times. There's huge hype on him, but I just... I'm struggling to see the minutes 
And there's talk about him playing like if oh if he plays forty minutes he'll be he'll be averaging fifty five. Hmm. Forty minutes is a, is a big ask in this pack. We've already discussed about how Crichton if Crichton doesn't start he'll play through the middle. If if Nat Butcher is a big minute guy he's got a good engine he can play through there. Lindsay Collins is a staple. Jarrowia Hardgraves. Trent Robinson loves what JWH brings in terms of the pure aggression and it might not be for huge minutes, but do you love and this is a psychology thing if. Robbo runs with Rory Hargrave starting. Psychologically, how can you pay 460k for a guy off the bench? Like that's that's the, yep. the the mental dilemma that you have to get over when it comes to to May. I can see the appeal. I just wish they were one fucking forward short because their bench is just going to be Watson, two two edge slash middles, and then mm-hmm. you know May or or, or Rory Hargraves. Like it's going to be what what we've said. It's going to be Matt, it's going to be Watson, Tupanua, Egan, uh, Nat Butcher and uh, JWH or Terrell May. That's a lot of yeah. fucking middles. I think the middle, yeah, I, I've, I'm steering clear from the middles, Matty, myself, purely just because we talked about depth and Josh made a good point there. So, um, I mean, is he a guy now we just fade? We, we look for other options. You could save yourself 150K and get Liam Knight. Yeah, I think so. Has to. I think, I, that's I think there may be the answer. maybe seven points between May and, and Liam Knight. Like yeah, and and yeah, you, can, what's that? A fifteen point difference. Yeah, in terms of price, absolutely. Like if oh, oh, it's a it's a fucked one because we're sitting here saying that oh, the minutes they're an issue, but his PPM is unreal. We could be sitting here in round five saying, "Fuck, man, Terrell May is averaging sixty one off forty minutes." I wouldn't be surprised, but I just I don't know if I can trust the minute rotation whilst also having Wong and Crichton in my side as as we speak at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Boys, let's let's talk about this last one before we do over-under and move on to the, the mighty Tigers. Uh, Sam Walker is very interesting for me. He's currently about 6% owned, roughly. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy that kicks goals for the Roosters. And, and yeah, their draw's tough. He's 610K, so he's priced at a 60, basically, for no one. Now, is there a world where you could start with Nico Hines and Sam Walker? And this is a question from the Discord as well. Um, there, there's a fair bit of interest in Sam Walker. What are your thoughts, Matty, first of all? Is is he a guy you could potentially look at instead of Nathan Cleary, as we mentioned? No. Hope this helps. Good chat. Josh, I just, give me something. Just not with the Not with the draw. Yeah. It's, that's the thing. It's not like Sam Walker's 450K where you're like, fuck, like if he has two or three good games, sweet. But it's like he's... You're paying good money. You're 610k for Sam Walker. You're you're saying he's going to score better than 60 across those first 10 weeks. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't know. Not like, a chance. Is, is he even locked into goal kicking? Like we saw, we saw Swali. He dropped the reserve grade last year. Look, I think he's a great footy player, then, but I also bought Swali last year because he was goal kicking. Because Sam Walker has been very shaky off the tee. I was, I, I had, I'm, I'm broke. I'm I'm broke because I bought too much Sam Walker stock last year. I don't have the funds to to dip back into the market and buy more. Unfortunately, I'm still holding mine from last year. <laughs> I mean, when we look at the first uh, six games that he played last year, he, I mean, 62 and 92 to start the season. But then he had a 24 against Souths. He had a 41 against the Storm and a 30 against the Sharks. And the Sharks still weren't exactly a defensive juggernaut, were they? So, um, yeah, th- yeah, you're probably right. But he did finish the season well, 71 and 76 to wrap things up at the back end. But I, I think we 
kind of need to just lock in Cleary and Hines and just make it work elsewhere with the value that we can see across the park. I think that's probably the, the safest way to play things. And then, hey, if Cleary stinks it up, and we, we see they've got a couple of, I mean, from round three where prices change, they've got a pretty tough run. You want to bail there and you want to make the most of your cash and then get him back in after the buy, you can do that too. Just to, just to give you some perspective, would you rather have, and um, I think this the, the money works with the price differences, would you rather JMK and Moses or Grant and Walker? JMK and Moses. Yeah. Because um, Moses, Moses. Moses is 70K. Moses seventy k more than Walker, and I'd just rather spend the money on Moses. It's the Moses Brown combo that's throwing people off. Otherwise, I reckon it'd be pretty popular. Because you've because you already got the Moses, you've already got the Brown Lane stack. It's like fuck to you yeah, all yeah. three. Like, yeah, you may as well just throw Mike Acevo in there as well. Uh, you know, just get Ryan Madison, Hopgood, just fucking throw throw half the team in there. Why not? Um, boys, let's do over under to wrap. The Sydney Roosters up. Uh, James Tedesco, lots lots of conversation around the fact that he should give up his fullback jersey for New South Wales and a lot of other things. But Boys, when the fuck was the last time James Tedesco 3% owned? I know. That's wild, isn't it? 3% um, Tedesco. Like, yes, he sucked last year, but three. We talk about Trell being a fucking ultra pod. Teddy is mm-hmm. 3%. Yep. The draw, it's a no. But 70 I think it's, is I think what he is too high. No from Maddie. You reckon 70 over under? Josh, no. Yep, cool. Let's move on. Dom Young, interesting one. We haven't talked about Dom Young yet, but obviously he's pretty expensive. So 63 he is priced at this year around that 640K mark. Do we think he does better or worse? No for Josh. I reckon he could do it. Oh, yeah. Big. Okay. Yeah, I like like Dom Young. Yeah. Let's move on to the cheese then. 46 over under for him. Sorry, go Josh. Sorry, I just think Mark. Manu's got the, the 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 fucking sticky hands. I just don't know if he gets ball. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that's that's I that's based on him playing on the right hand side. I think Tupu probably plays plays left. I don't see well, but Tupu gets dropped straight away. But yeah, Manu yep. just doesn't fucking pass. It's <laughs> a good point. What about the cheese? Forty six over under. Yeah, probably over, over. Yeah. Rem- remember how um, how I was broke? I I've remortgaged and I've, I've bought into some cheese stock. <laughs> Yeah, good. Uh, mate, the uh, wheel of cheese this year is fucking getting more and more expensive as we go as well. Um, what about uh, what about Big Gus, Gus Crichton? 59 he is priced at. Um, or 59 was what he, sorry, what he averaged uh, a year ago when he had his last full decent season. 60 plus, say, you reckon? You've, 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 hiked, you've hiked this up because he's priced at about a 40. Yeah, he's priced at 40. Yeah, I just absolutely. thought that was too easy. That was too easy. He's definitely yeah, going over 40, but is he going over 60? No, he's I don't think so. Price of the forty, I I have him about fifty. Okay. Well, I've got him at about fifty-five, so fifteen points. That's still fine. He's still a pickup, but I think if we're expecting the same from twenty twenty-two, twenty-three, yeah, probably not going to happen. Um, I think he's a, hot take. Hot take here. He's on. a cheaper Sean Lane. People are expecting Sean Lane to be putting out sixty-four from what he did a couple of years ago. I think Sean Lane's yeah. going to be what sixty. And if we got Crichton at 55, who's you know 50k cheaper, they're both the same points of value. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think the appeal, I think, it, I think it's the appeal the... for Gus. Sorry, you yeah. go, you go, you're right. No, no, I was just saying it's the um, everyone's buying into what happened two years ago for Sean Lane, and it's exactly the same thing for Angus Crichton. They're in the same scenario. Angus Crichton had an interrupted year last year, and uh, Sean Lane had an interrupted year last year, and they're both discounted on price. 
So, you know, they're both the same caliber of player on a, on a decent team. I wouldn't be surprised either to see Gus start, play the first half, sit for 20 minutes, and then Trent goes, mm-hmm. all right, in the middle for you for the last 20, which is fu- fucking unreal. That's perfectly fine. That'd be awesome. Yep. You know, if he, if he, if he, scores, yep. if he scores 35 points in his first stint at, at, you know, edge, and then comes on at a 1 PPM for 20 minutes, he's going to score 55. I think that's going to be unreal. Great. Yep. Agreed. Boys, let's move to the Tigers uh, and wrap this bad boy up. And we talked about shit draws, but I'll tell you what, the Tigers have probably one of the best draws in the competition to start the season, don't they, Josh? I mean, they, they start with the bye, though, which is probably deterring a few people. Uh, fun fact, the Tigers will be ninth after the first round. you love to see it. <laughs> we, we're guaranteed, guaranteed ninth, which is unreal. Um, you talk about the Roosters being a good team with a shit draw. How about, a, how about a shit team with a good draw? It's a it's a bit of a mixed match. Uh, is buys is there a good one, draw third. for a shit team? Well, that's, that's it. I guess just a green I mean, draw when we color code it. Yeah, when we look at like the amount of super coach points these teams concede, the Tigers aren't in the worst four. That's the that's the reality. They're not in the worst four teams in in terms of conceding super coach points. Yes, they might be in the worst four teams in in scoring them though. So that that's probably one thing you need to consider as well is that are they going to be able to rack up those points against these bad, leaky teams? Um, but I mean, fuck, you can't you can't go against Canberra Canberra away. Uh, then they've got the Cowboys at home. They've got Para Dolphins St George who are in the worst four super coach uh, conceded points. So. Nice little first six rounds to start. And I mean, also, we haven't talked about the fact that having a Tigers player might be really handy to have a loophole and actually have your VC in play. Yeah, absolutely. It's I'm, I'm not going out of my way to have a loophole. But if you're choosing between player A and player B and player B's from the Tigers, probably just side towards them. I'm not saying go out and pick a Tigers player for the sake of it. But definitely having someone there is going to be ideal. Um, and that could be Latufano, who's come over from this, uh, the Sea Eagles, uh, as mm-hmm. has his brother Samuela. Um, Jaden Campbell from the Dragons as well. Aiden Caesar has come over from Leeds. Uh, Solomon Alamolo from Super Rugby and Justin Ollum from The Storm. The outs, it's, it's a tough one, this one. Luke Brooks is gone. I feel like a part oh. of me has left, but also it's like you, if you love someone, let them go. That's, that's the way I'm looking at it. So Luke Brooks off to the Sea Eagles. Tommy Talau, I don't love him, off to the Sea Eagles. Dane Laurie. That was a weird stint, wasn't it? He was really good and then not. And then he, so he's off to the Panthers. Sean Bloor off to the Storm and David North Luma has been released. Uh, ins and outs, what do we reckon, boys? Tigers have dropped some deadwood in, into Lau and, and North Luma. Bloor obviously promising but never Brooks. fulfilled it at the Tigers. Mm. Sure, Luke Brooks, yep. Um, but bringing in guys like Caesar, who you'll expect to start. Olam, we, we had a weakness at, at centre. He's going to feel that. Obviously, the Fano boys have huge wraps on them. You'd, I, I wish we got Jaden Campbell, but we unfortunately have Jaden Sullivan um, from the Dragons instead. Um, I'd be more than happy with Jaden Campbell. Um, but, I mean, do we agree now, and there'll be a conversation later on, but we can probably skip to it now. Do we agree that it'd be Jaden Sullivan and Aiden Caesar in the halves to start the season, Matty? I think so. I was looking at it, and I think there is a halfback that I will have in my team from the Tigers. Um, but it might just wait until TLT. I think Aiden Caesar's just a placeholder this year. Like, of course, and we didn't talk about it with the in the Panthers podcast because not that relevant this year. Um, the signing of um, oh, what's his name? Luai. Panthers. Luai. Oh, Luai. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. 
Sorry, it's, it's a long day. I've got heat exhaustion. <laughs> Have a look at me. So the signing of Luai, I just think Zs is a little bit of a uh, a placeholder. Like he's just there to get them through this year. They've got him. They've went and got a bit of experience to to steady the ship this year. But then yeah. Luai's going to come in next year, and like you're not going to see the halves that you see this year coming into next year. I think it might even be a Fainu and and Luai. Yeah, no. The- the halves next year will be yep. Fano at six and, and Luai at seven. But then the, the question begs, do you just give Fano? The Tigers are going to suck. No one expects us to make the top eight. Benji's going to get as much time as he needs. Do you just blood Fano now? And apparently Benji absolutely adores the kid. Um, but is, is it too soon? That's the, that's the big thing. So I think it'll be a preseason watch. Sullivan probably is in front, and I would expect him to be named. But yeah, shoe wraps on Fano. As for Caesar, though, I think, you know... We'll, we'll touch on, on him in due course, but for the injury standpoints, Adam Dewey's out indefinitely. I think he's only just started running very, very recently. Um, so if he gets back fit and firing, there is a, a center spot there that I'd love to see Dewey slot in the centers. I think we'd have a, a very handy back line with him fit in the centers. Suspensions were pretty good. Um, but yeah, let's touch on these cheapy prospects because um, Samuel Afainu and uh, Latufainu now matrix between in the, inside the Tigers sort of ultras there's some chat that uh Fainu is looking at potentially that number 17 spot sort of in in the in the tiger side so he is definitely one to consider um thereabouts if it's tough with these cheapies though isn't it because of that buy in round one yeah it's hard spending like it's easy to spend 200k on a bloke um but like he's not going to get named week one and then if he gets named the 19th man or something round two like you do really want a guy that's going to generate some cash, but Samuel Afanu is the guy that I expect to at least get a bench spot day one. Yeah, I agree round with that. two. Yeah, I think the, the uh, hard part Bruno, is you got a couple of guys. Sorry, Josh, you, you got a couple of guys here. I mean, like you got Clemmer, you got Stefano, Fanua Pole, you got Matamua, Alex Twile still floating around, and then Fainu as well. Like you, you've got so many guys here that could easily slot in and have an expanded role, and we just don't know who that's going to be yet. And and especially because Benji, from all reports, has been, uh, you know, very open to changing things up and switching things up this year. Um, that this just, I mean, Justin Matamua is the guy that I'm fucking looking at personally. I think he, if yeah. he's a natural ball playing thirteen, and Josh, tell me the last time we've had a ball playing lock. Yeah, it's been a, probably Elijah Taylor from like 10 years ago. That's the first yep. person that comes to my mind. But I was literally going to say to you, like Benji has spoken very openly about having his bench be as strong as he's starting 13. Maybe I'm reading too much into it from a super coach standpoint, but that screams to me like I want either Stefano or Fanua Bolle off the bench with Twal and giving us some strike off the bench, which would then leave someone like a 13 open for a Fanu. That's uh, for a Fanu, for a Matamua. Um, probably lines up with Clemmer. Appy, Stefano uh, at 8, 9, 10. And then obviously yep. Bateman, Papali'i pick themselves. And then 13 for me, like Matamua is a natural 13. Like he is an absolute stud. Fanua Bole, gun footy player. He is fucking unreal too, but he is not a 13. He played 13 last year. Just very clunky. His his properties as a footy player are going hard running forward. He just wasn't getting that at 13. I would love to see Matamua play 13. I think Matamua plays regardless I'm happy to start with him. I think there's minutes for him there. Um, I have a lot of man love for, for Matt Moore, Brano, but you know, as a Tigers fan, I'm sure you can understand why. Like he is, 100%. he is a stud. I'm with you. I'm with you. He's in my team as well. Just as that kind of, you know, like he's the perfect sixth to RF, isn't he? He's 230 odd K. Like, 
replacement price, that the upside is monumental on this kid. Um, so if you believe that there's a chance that he could be in the starting 13 or he could be in the 13 jumper by around six, seven, eight, then you just you just bank him. Just chuck him on your bench. He's going to do no worse off the bench. He'll, I think you're right. He will get some bench minutes. Maybe he gets 30, 40 minutes and he can score at maybe a you know 0.6, 0.7 ppm. He gets you 30 points. Not a not a and not the end of the world. Um, I'd be happy to kind of save a trade on a guy that I know is going to be in the starting said, lineup. He will. As you said, yeah, he he eventually will come to that starting lineup, so that'll be unreal. Um, yep. Matrix, Aiden Caesar. So I think the appeal with Aiden Caesar, mate, is the fact that in his times in, in the NRL, he has two standout seasons, one in 2013, one in 2015. Now, he's gone 40, 60, 48, 60, 35, 42, 35, 38, 45 for a total NRL average. But those two 60-point seasons were the years he goal-kicked. Um, now, there were some stats floating around that if you take into his goal-kicking percentage – with the Tigers' try-scoring ability from the last three years, it's about nine and a half points of value just in goal-kicking there alone. Now, if we take his average NRL... Sorry, this is getting very technical. His average his average for his time in the NRL was 45 points. We, t- we tuck on that you know, nine points of value for goal-kicking. Straight away, he's up to a 55. The question then becomes, does he goal-kick? Because if he doesn't, then that makes a certain number nine, a whole lot more viable. Matrix, tell me why you're not so keen on Aiden Caesar. Is it just because you don't believe in the signing being a long-term thing? Benji doesn't have huge properties for him? Fuck, you're putting words in my mouth. Tell me why I'm keen on Aiden Caesar. He's no, in no, my team. I said, tell me why you're not um, keen. I thought you weren't keen. I thought you said oh, he's a placeholder. He's a bum. Uh, I think what you're no, saying, Matty, was that he was a placeholder for the Tigers. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think he's a placeholder for the Tigers. Like, I think that he'll play for the Tigers this year and be serviceable. I actually probably think that he's going to be the goal kicker for them. And and I just don't think they want to throw any more an Appy. Like, he's he's the captain. Um, it's got to be hard to be the captain of a uh, of a sinking ship. Um, so you go there, you've got it. You've got Aiden Caesar, and he's just going to do his thing this year. And he's going to have his contract, and he's going to step in if there's injuries next year. But right now, this year, Aiden Caesar will be playing out the year, and I think he's good value priced at a 32 or whatever he is. Um, I think that he could score. I, I probably – I'm pretty confident that he can score at a 50 in a starting role going forward, especially with an early draw. And I think that I'll cash out on him at a certain point in the first 10 rounds. And yeah, Aiden Caesar will be serviceable. That's where I sit with Aiden Caesar. Brooksy, Brooksy averaged 55 as a non-goal kicker as the main seven for the Tigers as well. So I think, ugh, am I being I don't think Caesar's to say as the... good as Brooksy. Oh, all right. I, mean, I, I think, you just said I his think, best am, season am being was too... 2013, 11 years ago. In the NRL, he's, he's also been absolutely killing it for, for Leeds and Huddersfield. Um, am, hmm. I, am I being too biased to say that I wouldn't be surprised to see him average like 57, 58? I think, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I, I, I think is maybe... Campbell, like, what playmaking is Campbell going to do? Oh, not Campbell, sorry. What, what playmaking is Sullivan going to do? No, no, I agree with that. I'm just thinking like we're, we're talking a lot about a guy that for the most part hasn't exactly been relevant um, in the NRL. I mean, we, we talk about the Super League and we talk about his scoring and his average over there, but let's the Super League isn't exactly the NRL. Um, I, and by the way, I'm a fucking big Aiden Caesar fan. I think he could, I think he could be really good this year. But uh, I just, 
we're talking about half know, back, just, right? Yeah, we're oh, talking no, about yeah, the half back position. The, this is the thing, though, for me with half back. It's Cleary, it's Hines, and then do not touch anyone else in between. Go to yeah. Caesar or do not touch anyone else in between. And I think Caesar, because he's averaged 45 in the NRL, give him 10 points for goal kicking, give him 10 points for having a decent forward pack to work with. Sorry, not 10 points. Fuck Jesus. Give him two or three points to work with. I wouldn't be surprised to see 57 average. I know you're smir- okay. they're smirking. I, I just, maybe I'm buying into the to the Super League stock huh? too much. Maybe it's a Sam Pompkin syndrome. I hope, syndrome, I hope so, you're but... right. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I'm 100%. Like, I've got him in my team expecting him to get a 50. So, that's great. I think 50 is basement. I think 50 is basement. Right. Lock him in. Sorry, that was my, you got. I didn't. I didn't expect to an, an Aiden Caesar rant in the preseason. <laughs> hey, anything could happen in twenty twenty four. Um, can we quickly? We can quickly move past Jaden Sullivan. I think if you're picking one of the halves for the Tigers, you're picking Caesar, or you're just picking Clarion Hines, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, any big fallers, Jaden Sullivan? Any big fallers, boys, for the Tigers? Or I mean, like because they obviously had a pretty ordinary season last year. The highest. Uh, price player for the West Tigers is John Bateman at 623k. Then you've got Doreen Buller at 583. Uh, like Isaiah Papali, he could be even underpriced at 568k now that he has a, a, a 58 that could maybe put him through a hole. Um, everyone seems kind of underpriced, so it's hard to see anybody falling any lower than the wooden spoon that they got last year, boys. Am, am I right here, or can we move on to the best value? Best value straight away. Value. Uh, I don't want to reminisce on last year. Justin Olam, lads, 420, 420k, 40 break even. Uh, I, 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 I want to buy into it, but I'm just unsure because, you know, we see a guy come from a really good team to a bad team. And as much as I like the signing and I think it's good for the Tigers, the, you, can you pay 420k for a guy on a bad team, Josh? Like, is it not worth at looking center. at? No, nah, not at center. I like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm keen to see the uh, the international success the Tigers have over in PNG. We're going to be one of the most supported teams over there. But, like, <laughs> nah, nah. I- I'm keen for the hits. Hopefully, just absolutely level some people, but not from a super yeah. standpoint. Yeah, there's a bit of Steve Matai about Justin Olam, I think. Um, not much <laughs> super coach relevance, but some good viewing. Uh, you got David Clemmer, though, here, Matrix. 519k. Um, not 10 points, but maybe enough to, to be value in a pretty ordinary position. Yeah, look, I don't love front row forward, but I do wonder maybe if you do find yourself with a bit extra cash, maybe 519k with a with a 50 break even. I don't think it's I don't think 60s out of the equation for Clemmer. He's still a good player. He had a good year last year. Um look, I just don't hate David Clemmer as a front row forward there. And it's only because he's playing forward. If he was a second row forward and he was 519k, I'd probably just put a line through him. But I just, I'm just really struggling at front row forward at the moment. He had his worst super coach season since 2015 last year. Yep. So if you're going to buy into a resurgence, maybe there's money to be made, but it's just not worth. It's just not worth doing. I don't think. All right. So bounce back candidate. We talk about Angus Crichton being a bounce back. Uh, we talk about Sean Lane being a bounce back. Now, Angus Crichton lost the most money in all of Supercoach last year. Sean Lane lost the third most money in all of Supercoach last year. Two guys that were really keen on a bounce back. The second biggest loser last year was Isaiah Papali'i. 
Now, averaged 55.7, which is a disgrace for what he's put up in previous years. Mm-hmm. Are we buying okay. into the Puffalete stock? Buying at an all-time low? He still plays for the Tigers, man. We're going to be good this year, man. We're going to be good. I'm telling you. No, you're going to be good next he, year. We started – so he started well, year last year on that. the right edge, didn't he? So if he started last yes. year on the right edge and he it was it was ordinary, um, then he moved to the left edge and nothing really changed because he was outside Luke Brooks who isn't renowned to put his back rows, back rows through holes. I, I just I, – I need to watch. I need to watch and see and, and see how he goes with whoever ends up being at 5'8", personally. I, I just can't – I can't start with him. But I, I do agree in what you said, Josh. I think he's definitely underpriced. Um, there was stretches. Are you? There's like there's stretches. So like round, I'm I'm keen. I'm not obviously I can't pay that much to start I with bought, a guy on the buy. I bought him last year. Well, actually, Maddie, we both bought him last year at one point. Didn't yeah, we? we both had him at certain times last year. Yep. I was yeah, literally about to say rounds four, five, and six, seventy, sixty-four, sixty, and then I think in rounds, uh, what 24, 25, 26, You know, sixty-five, sixty-six, sixty. Like he he goes on little runs, and I just think. If you can get a halfback, a natural halfback in what Caesar is, um, and Sullivan, who's just going to be like a shovel, I just move the ball on. I think if we're keen on Crichton and keen on on um, Lane, who both massively lost price last year, then yeah, I think probably has to be there or thereabouts in the conversation as well. Fair enough. What about Appy? Uh, does this basically just be prefaced by if he has the goal kicking, he's a must-have at hooker? Yes. If he doesn't, yeah. I'm not touching him. If he's goal kicking, if if week two trials winds up, we see Justin Ollum just score under the posts after a breakaway, and Appy has the tee. I'm gonna be just mute my social medias because it's going to be hell. I am going to erupt because he will become a must-have. Absolutely, goal kicking hooker. Who are you, Cameron Smith? Yep, agreed. Love um, I, yeah, he's straight in my team. If he's goal kicking, if not, there's no point. I agree with that. So what do you um, so what do you Maddie, do you got, then? Do you just do you just do you cop the forty one points from Jaden Braley in round one? Do you just mm, have hands? Yeah, you'd have to. I think you'd have hands, and you just move on. And you just make sure you've got cash there to go to Appy in either round two, or you just keep Appy on the bench. There's no point wasting a trade. Actually, renege that. You've just got to put Appy on the bench and just roll with your your bench hooker for one week and just cop the loss. I think. Um, but again, if we're right on Parramatta and we're, you know, and, and Brad Arthur is true to his word, which is very rare, um, then hey, we're we're in for a good spot. This last one, Maddie, for you, um, you've got Junior Tupo. Yeah, four forty six k, forty four break even. Um, I just think Tupo could be okay. I don't know. It's the West Tigers. Um, I know there's always an asterisk, but I'm sitting here with a couple of West Tigers supporters. Talk me into him, talk me out of him. Super. He was good last year, wasn't he, Bruno? Like, you know, he was like a shining him, him and Buller were a shining light. And of course, for the Tigers, the minute we get a shining light, it's it's taken away from us. And he's off to, to the Dolphins uh next year. I can probably the leave him, get turned off a lot. I, I don't Yeah, I don't see a huge amount of value in Tupu. Like you're putting a lot of stock in Tigers attack, which is fucking not a not a good stock to buy. I think the the guy is nearly a must-have on a good team, but do I buy him on the Tigers? And and that's from a Tigers supporter. Honestly, like, 
the guy's super athletic, isn't he? Like when when you see Junior Tupo leap up for the high ball, and you just like you can see like how athletic and how fit and how like perfect he is for his position. Uh, but it's just unfortunate that he's on a bad team. Otherwise, I reckon he'd be a must-have. But um, yeah, probably a fade based on and center wing as well. Like, I mean, would you rather Taylor May or Junior Tupo? That's literally the question you're asking at the same price point. So, uh, you've set these over unders, Matty, for for the last team, the West Tigers. So uh, throw them, throw them at us. Yeah, let's go. Well, I was going to go IPAP at fifty five, but after hearing Josh, let's go IPAP at sixty. Oh, okay. That's that's where we get a bit dicey. Uh, I just take the overs, like sixty one, sixty two. Yeah, I'll take the overs on, on the I'm, IPAP. I'm on the cool. overs too. So that means IPAP's at sensational value, guys. Uh, Johnny mm, B, Johnny Bear. Um, at 60 there. Uh, fi- I was going to say 59, but let's just go at 60. Let's yeah. Call it a line. Same. I'll take the overs. I think, I think overs as well, purely be- because how good... I mean, look, he showed us his work rate last year, but also on an edge, he's pretty dangerous as well. He's a good line runner, good hole runner. Can Caesar open him up and, and give him some more opportunity than... Uh, sorry, Brandon Wakeham last year provided him. I mean, fuck me. Can anybody do something better than what Brandon Wakeham did last year? Surely we could. I could my nan could play halfback for the West Tigers and do more than Brandon Wakeham did last year. No offense, but uh, actually, no offense. Offense uh, meant because anybody could have done a better job. So surely Brandon Wakeham had his best game against the Dragons when I was at Magic Ground. He was great, uh, but let's just he was that good there. that game. <laughs> yeah, he was insane. Like, honestly, like the one time I've seen Brandon Wakem play, he was sensational. So uh, <laughs> take offense there a little bit. Um, Dream Buller, Dream the Dream, 56.5. Up. Up. You could put the line up, at 80 up, and up. I'm taking overs. <laughs> was that just Turbo, Turbo versus Buller, Turbo versus Buller head to head in drafts. Just Buller, just locked. <laughs> um, no, look, in all, in all seriousness, it's, it's a team on the improve. And a guy that's yeah. maturing. Uh, yes, you worry about second season syndrome, but I am pretty keen on on Jareem the Dream. Yeah, I mean, and if he bottoms out, I mean, the problem is the Tigers draw doesn't get any better. If you're not jumping on him to start, it gets really tough through the Origin period. So you've kind of got to just buy into a guy or two from the Tigers to start the season and take advantage of their nice draw, and then you've probably got to move them on to those better options once those those good ones drop off. But yeah. Uh, uh, as a player, I fucking love him. Absolutely love him. I really hope we offer him some sort of max contract um, because he is definitely the long-term fullback for the Tigers moving forward, I think. Boys, uh, let me just quickly scan these questions here because we've got... Uh, actually, we had a question around Appian if we'd pick him if he was goal-kicking, so we've already covered that. Yeah. Um, if he's goal-kicking. Uh, yep. Um, he, and uh, I guess the question is the round one buy. So, I mean, how many is the maximum amount of Tigers that you want to have? Let's just say you're really buying into the IPAP hype. You've got Appy if he's goal-kicking. Um, you know, we've got Aiden Caesar as well, potentially, as a nice value option. How many is too many to have on the buy-in round one, Josh? I think as many as you want for guaranteed starters. Like IPAP, Appy, Bateman. If you, all, if you had all three of them, whatever, that's fine. Bull, if you had him too, like that's four. I'd be happy if you had them. It's just it's it gets dicey when you have Matamua, you have Fainu times two. Like if you've got three tigers there that are unknowns, that's where it gets dicey. So I'm pretty much gonna be keen to just have one, maybe two if there's some strong word. Um uh, but in terms of like starters, sure, have as many as you want. If you know that IPAP and Bateman are gonna be named, you know Appy's named, that's fine, because there's no risk there. 
the risk comes with training and injuries. That's the only risk that you you face there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the fringe guys you want to stay away from. Maddie, any final thoughts on Tigers or, or anything, Supercoach, to wrap this one up? We've been gone for nearly two hours. I just got really disappointed then. Um, Sione Finau, the uh, the winger for the St. George Dragons, I just got really disappointed that I didn't mention him and I thought that he'd be okay for now. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. That, 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 that'll do. Um, I've, I've seen uh, a few of your dad jokes in chats as well and that's probably one of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome uh guys that that'll do we i mean like i said it's nearly been two hours we'll talk five teams as well so there's there's plenty of content there but that wraps up the team previews which i'm stoked about um we all know that the content and the, the content we love to talk about is positions and we're going to dive a lot deeper into those and start talking with hookers in the in the coming days as well so keep an eye out for that one and then obviously we're going to dive into the rest of the positions as well if you haven't yet jump in the discord Josh mentions at the start of the show, if you've made it through the whole show, you've got the community team that we're starting to pick at the moment. So jump in, get involved in that. Subscribe, like, follow, review, all that stuff for the podcast. We would appreciate it. And uh, that'll do us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Catch you later. Cheerio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.